another episode of With the Chiefs. Wait, 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 wait. Man, I need more rest. I hope you got. I've got your last name right there. It's a very good pronunciation. You should know better than that now, Donald. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
um, took the win on a hilly course and then doubled in, in the afternoon and did a, a fart lek with a song on, song off, um, which is a bit of a classic Mean Smitty used to do back in the day. Song on. I remember song. That was um, in our midweek long runs, wasn't it? Yeah. You just absolutely dropped me. Um, <laughs> and I was hoping, I always used to dread like the long song. Like if Bohemian Rhapsody came on, I'd be like, oh, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I remember that. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, we used to take turns. I think like someone would um, lead the ons and then the next person would lead the ons on the next song. Oh yeah, that's right. I always cop the longer song for sure. <laughs> um, so that was a good one. And I've been trying to do that a bit more just like um, fartleks where, or like long runs where you can kind of focus on something. I think that kind of helps to um, get through it sometimes. So I did another song on song off fartlek in Rome for 34 Ks, which was pretty good. Um, that was after being sick though. So feel like I lost a little bit of fitness, but I'm still going all right. And then um, today's workout's going to be uh, two by 10K. Um, so hopefully that goes okay. <laughs> and then um, then there's only three weeks left. So next week will be seven by 1K and then race week is three by 3K. Um, and after that, yeah, it's the race. So we'll see how we go. But uh, I've been struggling a little bit with, other things like diet's been pretty average because um, you're overseas and you're pretty much eating out every night and I kind of want to try the cuisine and make the most of it. So Italy's pretty much been pizza and pasta every night, gelato every night, um, which, yeah, doesn't help with running, but I'm doing my best. Um, and then also other little struggles of training overseas, uh, having like gels and fuel. Um, Pretty much I've had a banana once or twice or taken a banana on a run once or twice. But other than that, pretty much all my runs have been um, without fuel. And I don't even know where to get gels over here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that's a bit of a tough one. But I'm hoping that my gut will be all right during the race. Um, yeah, I think that I've got a couple of Morton gels that I'm saving. So hopefully um, they'll be kind to me. And then not knowing where to run. So I think that kind of... Um, puts you off going for a run sometimes because you don't know, oh, when am I going to run? I'm in this place. I don't know anything about. But I found that um, having Strava Premium has been really good. There's a Whoa. feature on there that... You got Strava Premium? <laughs> <laughs> He's kidding me. <laughs> How much is that a month? 10? Uh, something like that. It's it's not much, but... Ah, uh... oh, I don't know, Dom. <laughs> Historically, that would have been a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I had to cop it. Um, so yeah, I'm a, a big Strava premium user now and um, they've got a feature that like shows you the, the best routes in the area, which has been pretty handy, but um, a little bit annoying because then you have to take your phone with you. So I'm always running with my phone, which um, isn't ideal, but it is what it is. And it's, um, yeah, it's a pretty good feature. It's taken me on some pretty interesting runs so far, especially in Croatia going up all these mountains and stuff that I would have had no idea with. Um, but one thing I take for granted about Australia is just there's ovals everywhere. Like you go to a country town and there'll be an oval where you can do a workout. Whereas like over here, it's like just running on the road all the time almost or on a, a trail, but there's nowhere to do, um, like a track session or something. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much 
where we're at. I think that, yeah, for this race, I probably won't be the fittest I've ever been, but um, should still be able to give it a good crack. And then after this, we'll start the Berlin lead up. And I think I might look at getting a coach for that um, just to kind of keep me a bit more accountable. I think Arthur's taking uh, athletes on pretty soon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm coaching. Oh, oh wow. I, I, feel, I feel for them. <laughs> um, Dom, what are you... Um, what have been your highlights so far? I don't think we've, we haven't caught up for like, I don't know, two weeks or so. What, what are the highlights yeah. of the trip so far? Um, yeah, really liked Croatia. That was awesome. Just going to all these different islands, um, having, we did like sail Croatia. So, uh, all the food and, um, it was like a rough kind of timetable already sorted. And that just made it so easy. Like you could just go for a run and smash yourself and then, you know, someone's going to look after you and um, yeah, you don't have to worry about all these other little stuff uh, when you're traveling. Like when we're on our own, we have to think about, okay, what are we going to do for the day and how are we going to get there? Logistics, blah, blah, blah. Um, having all of that taken care of was really good. And then it allowed for um, some epic runs as well. Um, and then surfing in um, Bristol, there's a wave pool. That was probably a highlight as well. It was, um, yeah, just like a unique kind of experience uh, being in a wave pool. I think there's one in Melbourne as well, but um, yeah, it was still cool to do. I don't know if I'd do it again, but um, yeah, enjoyed that. And then, yeah, all the UK just being down on the uh, south coast in Cornwall along the beaches there was pretty cool. Um, but I don't know the UK people were a little bit kind of, I don't know, boring or um, just didn't seem like quite seem like the same kind of vibe as in Italy or Croatia. Um, I think that Italy and Croatia are a little bit more relaxed and better to be a tourist in. Um, but Rome's been, Rome was incredible. Also a big highlight, like just, it's pretty inspiring seeing all of uh, the, the ancient buildings and everything everywhere. Like, I didn't realize how close everything is together. Like pretty much all the, um, tourist attractions are within a couple of k's of each other so so easy to just walk around and get inspired um but yeah that's probably the highlight so far it's a good recap dom i like that I like that a lot <laughs> <laughs> um arthur what's how's your maybe just give us a recap of how your week's gone so far um, yeah. yeah yeah um well the first thing actually like all the things that dom kind of mentioned it's like really taking me back so everything that you experienced like you read my mind so we went through the same things like I was really um you know struggling to train overseas um you know there was multiple days I'd walk around for 40,000 steps a day um the whole dieting or trying to stay healthy with eating I definitely felt that because you want to try everything I went during Christmas um, or winter in Europe and it was cold um, and you just want to eat everything. It's just, you want everything warm and they've got all these Christmas markets and oh, I've never traveled in, in winter before ever in my life. So it was all completely new to me. And um, yeah, not knowing where to run, I had to carry my phone as, as well, um, which, was, which was quite interesting. Um, I found this thing where I just kind of Googled, you know, running routes in X location 
And um, Under Armour, I think it was Under Armour, they've got like this kind of running route kind of um, app thing. Um, but because I kind of travelled solo, I could make all the decisions I wanted. So anytime I went to a new city, um, Dob, I, um, I would just literally book the hotel near a track or, or somewhere where I thought I could run. Um, you know, perhaps if I had a missus, um, then that wouldn't be as appropriate. But, um, yeah, I was just kind of booking around there. But, yeah, I definitely can relate to what you were talking about. My two cents if I was to go back is just kind of, I don't know, either pick one or the other. I think you're not going to be able to, if you're trying to do both or fill both buckets, you know, if I was to have my time back, I'd probably go no running or just focus fully on the holiday in Europe and then Kenya, obviously, the, the other way around, which is somewhat what I did, but I didn't expect it. Um, yeah. But, yeah, week, week, this week, Luke, like what I've kind of Yeah, done yeah, with. just just what you've done sessions-wise and maybe just what you're planning for the rest of the week because I know, um, yeah. mate, you, yeah, it's a big yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, um, this week and, and my weeks are quite, quite similar. I'm, I'm big on consistency for myself because I just find once I get into routine, even with, with work and everything, it's just, I guess, easy to track progress um, and easy to um, kind of just tick things, things over and the body gets used to it, especially if you're throwing in higher mileage, let's just say. So Monday is normally um, an easy hour in the morning. Um, and I've been doing this now for since coming back for like, this is the fifth week and um, uh, or six weeks maybe, um, where I took some time off after um, my latest European stint in Manchester. Um, but easy hour, don't really look at the time and really kind of focusing on, I'll put quote-unquote trails. So the only one near my house is the Centennial Trail. Um, before this year, I've actually never run it. And now I've run it like I've run it like two, three times a week. Um, I just think it's awesome. I personally just like to go solo on, on these ones. Um, just kind of something about being in nature reminds me of all the places I was running in, in Europe, especially in Switzerland, it was kind of kind of like that maybe. Um, so easy hour on, on Monday and then most likely, so with my doubles, I, I like to do a double at the end of the day for multiple reasons. And this is can be personal, but um, I really enjoy it where it kind of just helps me have a hard line between distinguishing work is over. So my work is quite demanding in terms of speaking to clients, just I'm just constantly on the phone, that that kind of stuff. Um, so when I run in the afternoon, a lot of the time it's to do with just kind of um, like a mental break, like this is work done kind of thing. Um, especially if you're working from home, it's very easy to just say, or oh, one more thing or one more thing and you're stuck in front of the computer. So I kind of like to do that. If I come home from work, I, I literally just put on my, my, my jacket, gloves, just dress really warm. I prefer to do the doubles. It's easy. I found, I don't know if this is a thing, but I found it easier to do a double when you're really warm um, instead of just going out in a T-shirt and, and that kind of stuff. And it also helps me to focus on just keeping the pace controlled. Um, so I, I, I really look at 
well, to an extent, I look at heart rate. I know there's lots of variables to it, but I've got like, it's not just wrist-based heart rate. So I do a yeah. double most days just purely for, for that and kind of just to unwind. Um, and it just, I, I think for me, it's just kind of added um, a bit more mileage, which over over the long term, if you do it safely, listen to your body, for me, it's really helped improve my running. Um, so Monday is like kind of two easy runs. Tuesday is most likely always a session. We'll do that in the morning. Um, this week was three by 2K, 1K. So it was 2K, one minute rest, 1K, two minutes rest. We did that three times. Um, really been um, these little things that I've kind of ever since coming back from overseas and, and Kenya, so I've been doing a little bit different. Uh, occasionally or historically, I'll do that session at FOD um, in St. Lynn. So somewhere flat, let's just call it very generous, flat, et cetera. But since coming back, I've kind of been picking a lot more of the, um, well, as close as I can get to home as well, like undulating courses or, or you know, centennials slightly up and down kind of thing. So not, not the easiest, I guess. Um, I did that with... Um, Ollie and Brett, um, yeah. they joined me and um, they literally said it was one of the hardest workouts they've ever. Yeah, I saw ever. that on Brett's um, Strava. He's, it looked like you're trying to kill him almost. Mate, he, he was, I've never seen him like that before. He, we went out, we went out pretty hot. We went out, I had a look because this workout I did um, after coming back from Kenya um, pre-Manchester. And I thought that this time round, like this week, I did it much slower, but I actually did it very close to um, the splits that I was hitting when I thought I was way fitter coming back from Kenya. So I was hitting, hitting the 2Ks at sub seven minutes, um, just under like 650 something um, and with a minute rest. Um, and then the 1Ks at like, just under 320s this time. So I think when I came back from Kenya, it was like just under sub uh, six minute 50s. So like, I don't know, 320 something. Um, and the 1Ks were around 315. Both both times I felt quite good. Um, I don't really like to go to the well with my workouts a lot of the time. I just find with higher mileage and and not one single workout is just going to make you a better runner. It's just more consistency. Um, but both times, including this week, I actually felt quite good, surprisingly. Um, and then when looking back at the numbers, I, you know, I um, surprised myself a little bit. Um, Wednesday is always a MLR. Um, so is it always hilly? Um, no, not, not really. So we've got two courses. Um, and it's really cool. This has kind of come about, um, you know, when I was training for Canberra. So after I, to give you a bit of. Which is the second up, marathon, which I know now, sorry. Yeah, yeah, second marathon. So met, um, Melbourne was my first ever marathon and race. And I thought I was really fit. I did, a, I did a marathon time trial in COVID on a very generous course. And I somehow hit sub three maybe, you know, officially call it three on the dot or just over three, but the watch, the GPS said sub three. So I took it and I went into Melbourne really, really overly confident. 
um, and didn't respect the marathon and learned so much for, from it. So it was a really sour feeling because um, it was probably one of the most toughest races I've ever been in. I just didn't expect it. So when I, when I um, was training for Canberra, I really wanted the official sub three, put a lot of effort and time into it. And Dom and, and your brother Dom as well gave me um, that advanced marathoning book. And I, I read it like gospel. <laughs> yeah, it's um, always been a good one. Dom gave that to me as well. Yeah, <laughs> and not good. to go off topic from the week, but the reason I'm kind of saying this is I was, this is before I kind of knew anyone in Delta, anyone in running, I was still going out and, and you know, going out clubbing on weekends and, and kind of drinking alcohol and that kind of stuff. So I wasn't taking running too, too serious um, then. This is the start of 2020. Too. I had stopped alcohol for, for a, a bit, but it was still still a bit of going out, um, but a lot more focused than what I've all, always done. And I was running a lot by myself. And somehow through this type of training, um, you know, I met, um, I got really close with um, Ollie, um, Brett and a few others around the eastern suburbs. And this Wednesday run just became a thing mm. where we would meet um, at what well, used to be 5am, which was really ridiculous because I had a ridiculous work schedule and those boys love super early. So we'd be running at 5am for two hours. I know Dom's come on one of them and he, he wasn't happy. <laughs> I think I was just whinging the whole time. Why, Why A, because you're there at 5am? <laughs> two hours wouldn't bother you? Oh, no coffee. That's a no-no. You can't get, no you can't get him out there at five and no coffee. So we picked, yeah. I remember that day, we picked the, so there's two routes that we call one the OG route, the original route, where it's kind of run from Bondi around Anzac Parade, down Cleveland Street, all the way to, um, call it Sydney Uni, and then kind of turn around at Glebe, go past the fish markets, through Darling Harbour, around Barangaroo, up George Street, through Hyde Park, up Oxford Street, and back to Bondi. So it's about 24, 24K. And it's a nice loop. So it's kind of downhill for 5K or 4K, flat up until kilometre 13 or 14, or depends which way you go, maybe 15 or 16. And then it's 8K uphill every single time, like eight kilometres steady uphill, no, no kind of break. Um, so we really like that because we just kind of push on, on the back end, we found it was a really good course. So that's the OG one. And then we've got the Eastern Suburbs one where we kind of run from Bondi, call it, well, there's two ways we can go around, but it's the same type of loop. We generally go down to the beach, up Military Road, all the way to Watson's Bay, and then come up the other way through Watson's Bay, down Heartbreak Hill, all the way through to um, Double Bay and Edgecliff, and then up Ocean Street and around um, Bondi Junction. If you live in the East, you understand this to everyone else. They're probably like, what, what the, what the, but essentially that's a more hillier option. Um, or we do it the other way where we go up Heartbreak and up Watson's Bay Hill, which it's a lot, a lot of elevation, like in a, in a 22, 24 K run on that one, you'd get like 450 meters, um, in elevation, but they're just really kind of pinchy hills. So that's how that started. And it's just carried on. And we've got actually a group chat. And every Tuesday, we put out, um, 
you know, the, the stats for it. I've managed to move it to 5.30 a.m. now. Um, have to compromise with everyone, but it's that extra half an hour really, really helps me. Um, so I did that, and then I'll, again, like an easy easy 30-minute double. Um, and then Thursday is... I have, sorry, I have a question on doubles because yeah. just, I'm just curious. Um, yeah. Did you... For me personally, I feel a little bit like I don't know if it's like dizzy or just really low energy when I do doubles. Was that a was that the case for you when you started them, or you always felt pretty good doing a double um, in the evening? So I would I don't know what technically why you feel dizzy, but I would kind of put that down maybe to like um, a hypoglycemic state, not fueling or, or being yeah. low calories. So and and again, I could be wrong here, but for me um that did happen um but then when i started fueling a little bit better in the afternoon um before dinner um and it was as simple for me it was as simple as you know have if i'm gonna run at 6 p.m for example i would have maybe at 4 30 i'd have maybe a crumpet with honey or just even a little bit of honey or yeah or an, an apple or just just something um yeah. And then that's kind of stopped. I, I do notice that actually when I am very, very strict on my diet, mm -hmm. I do notice that a little bit. Um, I, for me, I think it's a fueling thing. Um, strict as in when you're cutting it close or when you're, what do you, how do you mean? Like for example, so I've um, like occasionally I, I, I go into phases, not just training, but I'm also very, vigilant with um what i eat um and and try to oh, i guess maybe a very um touchy subject but try to get to what i would consider what what works best for me in terms of race weight mm -hmm. um i definitely so background for me is historically always been like i spent many years in the gym bodybuilding got up to like 96 97 kilos um and that's actually how i started running um yeah. it actually started as a health thing um where i literally literally could not run one to two kilometers so one day i decided as a new year's res resolution to make it quite tangible and i said oh you know i'll, I'll run one to two kilometers uh every every couple days a week so i went to the gym did it got on the treadmill and i remember um that treadmill at the time had like a like a screen as you do and it was like a track and it kind of ticked along and um the as as one full loop finished it was five kilometers so i set that as my next goal because i couldn't even run five kilometers and thinking back on it now and trying to remember you know i'm talking paces of like eight minutes 30 a kilometer like that's how bad i i, I couldn't run yeah, at all yeah. um so for me it was kind of why I started running was a lot to do with like health reasons, started eating better. And then it kind of opened up a bit of a can of worms that I'm only kind of just getting on top of now, um, where how poor a lot of my eating decisions were instilled in me um, over many, many, like my whole life, not many years, my whole, whole life. Um, and this, that obviously came from poor lifestyle choices, I guess. Um yeah. So we kind of briefly talked about that, but that's yeah. So I'm kind of a bit well now. Now I'm okay because I've I've 
slowly figuring out my body and what works well for me and not only what I race and run best at, like what weight, but also what I feel the best at. Because you can aggressively cut too much and in, in my experience and then it, it's got um, diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But yeah, the doubles, yeah. So yeah, so they, they've become kind of easier. And, and since coming back as well, just touching on the doubles, like in Kenya, what, I, what I've seen is... And, and when we get to Kenya, I'll, I'll guess I'll go in a lot more detail. But what I've seen is I just couldn't believe it. Everyone there was doing 10K doubles. Like right. at first I thought that was crazy. Um, and then I guess I kind of got into it. And then anything less than 10K or around 10K was like not even worth it almost. <laughs> um so now I'm not, I'm obviously not doing that and not really training for a marathon or, or anything. Um, but it's just, like I said, at the start, more, just more mental as well. Um, and it's, it, it just really makes me feel good and shape the day at the end of it. Um, yeah. That's good. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to feel good about a double. <laughs> Maybe I just haven't tried them enough. I don't know. Anyway. I, I, for me and a lot of this, like kind of like I mentioned at the start, my whole running week is routine based. So once I start, it's kind of just routine and it's just everything just flows on. It's not that it's not that hard, to be honest. And I kind of just like getting out of the house. Yeah. 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 It's I good enough to work um, for sure. Like once you're, I can definitely yeah. relate to just being, if especially if you're, um, if you're working from home, it'll, it's probably good to, probably good to get out and just um yeah run's probably a good way to do that for sure dom actually kind of positioned that to me i think when i first kind of started running with the whole doubles you you kind of spoke about the 20 minute double that you used to do at work at um the airport and that kind of stuff and you know he the man's onto something he's actually taught me so much over the years me too yeah um it's just you feel better after a run. So I don't know. I think um, mm. even just, yeah, getting out for half an hour is, has been good for me in the past, but I do feel you, Smitty. Um, it can be pretty tough and you feel a bit kind of like dizzy and clammy and stuff like that getting into yeah, it's it. It's weird. Like I feel like uh, just shit most of the time, yeah. but I don't, like Arthur said, like I don't make a conscious effort to eat something at 4.30, mm. for example, and then, like, for example, I'll get 1K in and I'm like, I'm just waiting to feel like shit is my mm. is my worry with every double. But, yeah, I think just not a conscious effort to actually get enough food in before because then I have a massive dinner, for example. So it's not like I fuel before it. But anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like, um, yeah, sometimes after doing them for a couple of weeks, though, it starts to feel a bit more normal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things i guess similar to running if you've never ran before and you start running it takes like a month or so until you feel fit enough to even enjoy it so it's probably just yeah i wish we could replicate how good you feel in the morning first thing running um yeah but that's that's a that's probably not going to happen but anyway i'm sure i'll get more used to it i just got to get off my ass we know i haven't been running many k's but anyway that's <laughs> i think it's got a lot to do with like um what's helped me is is where i live in bondi what hasn't helped me actually first of all is i where i live in in bondi is like kind of on the top of it so anywhere i want to run 
I have to come back uphill if I, I need to come back home. So it's like really makes it mentally tough, especially when you just want to run easy. So a lot of the time I'll do a double where I'll run down towards the beach and around there. And then I use the double as kind of like two birds, one stone. So I'll do like my shopping or just some errand. I'll base the double around something else that I need to do in life because I'm working like, you know, 10 hours a day and, you know, I don't have a personal maid or, or an assistant to do all these life things for me. So I kind of use that as like um, a way to do a bit of shopping or pick up some some groceries or, or dinner on, on the way back up or or something like that. So I kind of use it as that. So that's a bit kind of motivating. So it's kind of like two two tasks done, if you want to call it. Um, yeah. And then switching up the, the, the route um, all the time, or I try to as much as possible. Yeah, I remember coming for that session with you around. It's a nice run around your area, minus a little bit of chaos with the with some cars in the morning. It's good, good around there. I'm doing that um, tomorrow, that exact session. Oh, really? It's a good, good session. I enjoyed it. Same place. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Some. Um, we'll see how we go. Menu went pretty good. Yeah, that was good. That you you smoked me on the. Um, because we did the tempo. Do you want to just quickly say what the session is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was, um, it was six by one minute hills, jog back down, um, 4K tempo threshold. Um, yeah. and, and then we added hills to the end of it. We did another six by 30 seconds. Tomorrow is going to be six by one, 4K thresh, six by one. Yeah, We're going to by one we're going nice and early because i've got to actually be at a meeting at 7 30 in the morning so i've That's got to rough. starting my run at 5 30 tomorrow nice nice, nice. Yeah. yeah i know right but um hopefully hopefully that means less traffic like what we experienced yeah 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 and then um what do your weekends look like what's your weekend look like yeah, so that's tomorrow. Um, and then Saturday will be very, very easy. Um, Sunday, Sunday is normally after like a week like this, for example, it's a typical week session, Tuesday, Friday. Sunday is normally um, two hours running. But lately what I've been doing is a lot of close mates. And this has come about, you know, just being in a running club and I guess after Kenya and after Manchester, just kind of, a group has kind of formed. So they're all doing um, uh, Gold Coast and they've been kind of doing some more marathon specific sessions. So last week we did a 38K progressive. The week before actually another 38K progressive, but it was hilly with with a kick down, like a 14, 14 kilometre kick down um, at the end. So from 20, 28, um, sorry, from 24 to 38. Um, quite aggressive marathon training. Um, same with last week. And then this weekend they've got um, four by 5K with we're tossing up between a 500 float or a 1K float. Most people want a 1K float, but you want to get your... I take the 1K as well. Yeah. yeah, so it's going to be at Centennial. There's quite a few people coming. There's about um, 10 to 15. We've got two groups going, so... Um, so far, so there's a there's a big group that are be going to be hitting the um, the five k's at three fifty fives. So call it like a 
a 248 marathon, something mm-hmm. like that, you know, um, and then another group that's hitting the 5Ks at 345s, so a 240 marathon. Um, yeah. yeah, so that will probably be the last harder one. Um, I didn't mention actually, but I, I'm, I'm so who sets my schedule is uh, actually Andy Buchanan. So he's my coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've worked very well together, you know, the, the, since the start of this year for like four, five, six months now, um, he really helped me through Kenya, um, gave me some very good advice and he was making my schedule while I was there and still makes my schedule. Um, since finishing the marathon, there's a, you know, he sets the week up, but there's a little bit of kind of um, um, play there on, on what I kind of do. Um, specifically, I know, and I, I agree with him, you know, the, the big marathon sessions are not ideal for me. And this weekend, you know, if I do join in for some of it or whatever, it's, it's probably going to be the last one. Whereas um, going forward, I'm going to be a bit more specific because if I'm doing, you know, half marathon or 10K stuff during the week or 5K stuff, um, it doesn't make sense to do these big 35 plus K runs with marathon specific paces. Um, But it's more so for me, it's more so just the community and I don't really want to take running too serious this year in the form of racing all the time. Um, you won't see me race much um, this year. Um, I'll be very specific with my A races. Um, mm. I'm targeting the the Sydney half, which just got announced. I think it was it's September or, or September the third. It's yeah. you know that half, the, the one where Sydney ten is, but it's the half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll aim for something like. Or dare I say, sub seventy-five? Oh yeah, for for that, um, yeah. that will be, you know, with Andy's help, and we'll assess and, um, you know, see where my fitness is at. If not, then maybe we'll aim for that at the end of the year. But I can definitely feel like a time like that is is very achievable this year for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that's that's pretty much like my week. So bit of bit of leeway now. Um but it will be a little bit more focused. And um, I know it's not ideal doing all these marathon sessions on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you probably want to be doing a marathon. <laughs> that's for sure. Well, um, so many people have like told me to, to enter Gold Coast because like, for example, with Pete Brown, a few weeks ago, he had, um, he had three by seven K. Yeah. And I did that whole workout with him at, 240 marathon pace i mean these people that are asking you are kind of making a case for it (laughs) and that was and i wasn't feeling as fit as i'm feeling now so we we hit those that like i think the first 7k at centennial we went three three 48s average um and then the second one was like sub 345 the 7k yeah and the last one was like Three, 348s as, as well, something like that, 346s. He, he smoked me on the last one, though. He I let him loose. Yeah, Pete's super yeah. – um, Pete seems to be super fit at the moment as well. He seems to put a lot of – I think he's nailed um, – he's nailed, like, lots of his long runs. And I just noticed that Fod on Tuesdays, he's been sort of flying around pretty comfortable 
still looking mm. fast as well. Um, yeah, but he was doing the 38k. So you know, I mentioned those runs. He was doing them with. Uh, he was part. He's part of that group. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's good. So you obviously you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna race. We've just been through this. Um, but, not much. Not much. Just be specific. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like for example. You know, there's, there's, you know, fun runs, I'll call it like city to surf and that kind of stuff and Sutherland yep. surf that I'll, I'll enter, but it's not going to be a, you know, an A race. Um, for me, I found, again, being very new to, to running last year, call it was my first proper year of running. So first race in December, 2021, 2022, I really kind of um, picked up the training, followed a schedule, um, found Delta, found routine. Um, but the second half of the year, I found that I wasn't improving as much as I would have liked. And I really put that down to, because it was my first year of running, I tried every, I signed up to everything. Like every race that there was, I signed up to it. Yep. Uh, and it just kind of meant, you know, if there was a race in a week's time, it was, it was, you know, you couldn't put in much training specifically for that race because you didn't have enough time. It takes, for me, it takes months to really be specific about a race to, to hone in on those paces that you really want, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, and then it meant like, you know, leading up to a taper session after the, you know, getting up to the race, do the race anxiety from doing the race afterwards, you know, you have to take it easy because you need recovery then you need to build again. And it just interrupts a really good training block. Whereas for Canberra, I put in three months specifically just for that race. For Manchester, I put in three months specifically for that race. And anytime I do that, not only, you know, I'm hitting my goal that I want, but I'm also feeling really good about it. And I'm also able to rebound and run much sooner afterwards. Um, yeah which to me personally is more important because I don't really consider running a thing now where it's just one race and, you know, off you go. I consider it more a lifestyle for me. So it's more important for me personally to be able to, yes, race and, and try hit my, my goal, but also just as important to sooner rather than later be able to run again. Cause I just find it fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, even, I mean, if I was you, my impulsive nature would say, let's race, <laughs> let's race Gold Coast. But it, you make a good point because like when you do put, mm. whenever I've put um, that conscious effort into like a bigger block, like when I, I remembered when I ran, even though it wasn't an official race, when I ran um, uh, around Penrith Lakes, I ran like 2.36.50. Dom was there for a lot of that training. And we saw it like it was very specific. I think it was during COVID. So you couldn't really, I was kind of forced not to, I was forced to basically have your methodology. Um, so it was just a long period of getting really fit, which is without distractions, which is good. So um, focus, like, especially for a marathon, you obviously got to put in multiple months of specific training, um, you know, as you go down in distances, perhaps not as much, or maybe some would argue just as much. Um, but 
but yes, yeah, some some things that I am doing. So, for example, I am going to Gold Coast to support everyone. And oh, whilst nice. I'm there, like for example, I'll do the half the day before, right? So, I'll I'll if you want to call that a race, then yeah, I'm not expecting a 75 or 74. I was going to say that's a race. I'm doing that one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll be we'll be in that. I'll I'll give it a decent crack to yeah. to my level, but it's not going to be a crack where I can't walk the next day or. Yeah. You know, it, you're gonna you know, do more tempo, like a almost like a big tempo session. Yeah, a big like I'll I'll, I'll try threshold for seventy yeah. something. You know? <laughs> okay, but you're not gonna go to the well where you're like, yeah, no. recovering for four days, sort of thing. No, no, no yeah. not a chance. The next day, I'm gonna be supporting the boys there for the marathon, that kind of stuff. Another, so I've spoken to Andy about that, um, and I've also spoken to him about doing Dom's five k handicap. Oh yeah, the challenge. So we've got that kind of penciled in for not this week, like right, you know, we've got till the end of June. So like kind of right at the end, just before Gold Coast, actually. Yeah. Okay. You do it a week before you want it. Oh, I'm thinking about doing it a week before even. I don't know. That's Where are you? Point. Where are you gonna do that, Arthur? I, I don't I don't know yet, to be okay. honest. All right. We're, we'll we're we'll get to that when we get to it. Sylvania. <laughs> Oh, you do it, do it on the track. I mean, no, I, I prefer the road. I track tracks and me do not. We we I need to work on my relationship with tracks. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so hard. It makes four hundred meters seem so far. Whereas you look at that on the road, okay, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, it's just over there, straight line. I love roads. Yeah. I love roads park run. Um, personally, yeah, okay. that's probably I'm, where I'll do it. I'm, before ever like ever. you've never done roads i've never done a park running oh you've never done a park okay roads is a good one for your first one it's quick yeah. but yeah we'll see um yeah i like roads um, yeah yeah no one's put any submissions in yet so there's a lot um, of talk about it like adrian mm. is always talking adrian's always talking about it. i'm trying to get my brother to do it as can you can you add my brother last minute he's just started running i was gonna yeah, talk yeah, about sure that thing. yeah he just yeah. dropped he was running 530s um this week actually which is okay. which is good he just stopped um he just stopped smoking as well i think it's been like four weeks since he's um had a cigarette so it's really encouraging to see him especially i forced him to get on strava as well <laughs> i was like you have to get on strava um, anyway, that's a side note. I'll be following him. Hopefully, he can put a five k time in. Yeah, I think um, a few people are going down to the track uh, tonight. I think oh, um, mm, to put mm, go I down five k. Yeah, yeah. There might nice. be um, something to chase when you guys do your runs. Yeah. Um, well, I kind of delayed it a little bit because I just want to. I think maybe a lot of people are just trying to cram some fitness in or yeah, I don't it's always know. like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I'm not gonna do it first or you know, I'm just gonna do it right at the right at the end, hopefully, and just give it a good crack, all or nothing. Yeah. It'll yeah, be good you gave me a decent handicap, like 1725. You revised it and like I don't know. I might surprise myself. I don't know if I could even run that, to be honest, at the moment. Just oh, not being- oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going 
1655. For me? 50, yeah. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. Sub 1650 will be a PB, which I ran as a time trial in the marathon block. Yeah. Well, it um, depends where you do it. Like there's with 5K, there's so much variation. Like hmm. you can. I'll pick a very friendly course, that's for sure. I'm not going to go and do it at North Head or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just know in like I've ran so much. When I thought I was fit, like there's still so much variation in my 5k time where I'm like if you base it off if I base it off my half time or something or even 10k you're like okay pop it in the pop it in the mystical calculator and I'm just nowhere near it so um or or then sometimes you over like way overachieved it's never like somewhere in the middle I don't know um, yeah, well. <laughs> but um come to tomorrow's session then no I'm going to I'm going to pod tomorrow <laughs> Your <laughs> session. You like to speak about this picking, you know, the easy, the easy um, courses, or you know how generous Pod's GPS is. Oh my god! Well, it said I ran three seventeen pace on my. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's literally it's worse than for my watch. It's worse than ten seconds per k. Yeah. Like, um, I definitely won't be racing by five k there. That's for sure. Or well, I not. should, but I couldn't <laughs> yeah. get away with it. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be counted <laughs> no roads park run official official um yeah. i should disguise the fod activities in the warm-up so it doesn't <laughs> because it's like with the, with the warm-up it cooled down because it's just like this is not i don't need this false confidence boost um um should i okay should i go through my i'll, I'll just go over my week briefly and then i guess we'll dive in a little bit more uh, did you want to cover anything else for your training week? I think you were talking about Sunday or um, you've covered um, yeah, anything else? Sunday would be that. Um, I guess for, for as well, the only other thing that I kind of really add to my training week as well that I found benefit, and again, this falls to, down to a routine. So every morning when I finish a, a run, I either finish it a run at my house or I finish the session and then I drive home and it's it's close but i do about six minutes worth of abs um, all right okay uh, every single day except for sunday um after the the long run um and that's a, something that i kind of just picked up on in in kenya when i was kind of you know really doing i was doing you know you put it off because it's like oh you're tired from the run and life and everything and just, no one really wants to do core work um so I would do it maybe like once or twice a week, like maybe a longer session, like 15, 20 minutes. And then a few of the guys there were just like, no, do abs every day. And I'm like, oh, like, what do you mean every day? But they're like, no, just do like three sets of two minutes. So that's really what I do. Or, or sometimes when I can't be bothered, just three sets of a minute 30. So like crunches, bicycles, kind of that twist one, like all these five different exercises in a minute 30. And it really burns. It still burns now. Mm. And I did that every, every single day. And I found quite a bit of um, benefit there. Um, so kind of just ticks off that kind of strength work. And I also do occasionally, I've been a bit slack with this, but I've just got a resistance band um, where I do some, some um, accessory glute work, just very light, five sets of five on each side um, and touch wood. I found that that's pre prevented a lot of 
um, niggly knee injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's kind of that, that adds to the week of what I do. And the um, ab stuff, is it like, do you notice anything from stability or I don't know, any, what mm-hmm. do you sort of notice from that? Yeah, so with the combining the abs and the glutes, I've kind of, besides from the whole injury thing, I've noticed um, better breathing, better form when running faster, um, better knee drive, I, I think, when running faster. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, when I came back, and again, this is a time thing and depends how serious you want to take running or anything, but I did do a little bit of plyometrics, which I found really helped i think um so i just go to the park across the road i'm fortunate enough to live in front of a park and um i just kind of made it up i just kind of youtubed it and really it's just jumping stuff (laughs) Uh, but that kind of felt good and i felt a lot more powerful in my stride especially when doing intervals thought about that actually on tuesday when i was doing the 2k 1k because over time, I think very recently my stride and has changed for the better, um, as well as kind of like the way I kind of carry my upper body and arm swing. Um, so really just kind of focusing on, well, this is another topic as well, but just energy efficiency um, whilst running. Yeah, lots to talk yeah. about. No, that's <laughs> good. Oh, mate, we, yeah, we still, <laughs> there's lots to talk about for sure. Um, yeah. Um, okay, I'll just quickly go over my training week. So Monday, I just did sort of um, easy. Tuesday, for me at the moment, has been at Gore Hill with the Delta Crew. So we did we did a moose um, a moose fart lick, which I always forget what it is. I think it's three minutes, three, three minutes. Oh, yeah, three one with a float. And the, the three minutes meant to be like half marathon or 10K pace, but the, I did it sort of, yeah, probably faster than 10K pace. I was sort of, I was definitely pushing it. Um, it was good. It was good. You definitely can't look at, especially my watch, anything for paces. I sort of just go on, definitely have to just go on feel um, and sort of gauge the efforts and try not to go, depending on what it is, I just tried not to go too much. It was just a little bit slower than 1K reps, for example. I did the three minutes and then um, the one minute's faster. But that was a good session. It's 30 minutes of work, I think. Um, and then I just did a um, an 8K, sorry, 8K, geez. Eight-minute tempo off the back of that, um, which was solid. So well, one thing I've noticed is, my fitness is slowly coming back in the right direction with a little bit more consistency, even though I have been a bit sloppy overall with just volume. Um, but I noticed like maybe a few, a month or so ago towards the end of the sessions, I was starting to really like feel it and aerobically I was falling. I was sort of falling off. I haven't been feeling that the last two weeks, which is good. Um yeah, but those sessions are always fun. And then Wednesday, we did a 75 minutes. Can you call that a MLR, Arthur? In your, is that an MLR in your book? That's 17K. You don't want to know my opinion, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a no. That's a, that's a no. <laughs> How many Ks did you cover in that 75? 
Well, I don't know. Oh, have- the 17. But yeah, I, it's more I than my 60. Don, what do you I mean, reckon? Over, over 16 Ks is a long run. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. In the book of advanced marathoning, because in, in the book, 24 Ks is a medium long run. <laughs> I Yeah, and that's how I got fit, I reckon, is why I was following that to a yeah. T. Ages ago, but you know, I'm for for a confidence booster within myself. I'm going to call it an MLR. Um, <laughs> and then Thursday, which is today, meant to do a session, but we moved it. Um, Tobias wasn't free, so we moved it to tomorrow. So I just did easy, sixty minutes, real easy today, and then tomorrow we'll do a yo-yo, seven minutes. Uh, 28 minutes total with like seven minutes half marathon and seven minutes probably marathon or around there around um gore hill again i won't be looking at the gps it'll be on field don't worry um and then sort of saturday will just be easy and then sunday we're actually going to do actually going to do the half marathon around the bay which will be interesting um i know um Matt Gore is going mm. to be doing a session. So he'll be doing like his last bit of marathon work. I think there's two more workouts before Gold Coast. So I'll try and be hanging on for a little bit. And I know Chris is also, Chris Gatt's also going to do something. Um, we might have a pack and same with Tobias. So that'll be, I look forward to that. I think it'll be similar to what you're planning to do in Gold Coast is not, I hope I don't get too carried away and, and like race it. Because I, you know, I want to be able to run on Tuesday. But historically, discipline and um, yeah, it's not great. So see how you'll we go. You'll race it. I'll probably end up racing it. No, I won't. I won't. Tempo, tempo. Or I'll race it and then say it was tempo effort. Either one. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but overall training. One thing I've noticed is like. This is probably, it's probably one of the, this training block has not been fantastic. That's for sure. It's obviously, I just haven't had the same level of commitment. Um, I know when we were training earlier on, Arthur, you, you know, I was sort of saying I'm all over the place and you were encouraging me to, because, you know, I have to have more consistency and stuff like that. But I find like I go, I go in waves, but last year, when I was getting coached by Sally, it's just very different when you have the accountability of a coach. Um, Mm. I felt, I felt like I was definitely a lot more in the zone and I, I improved drastically. And one of the big things I've realized is you can't, it's been a whole another year of running and I'm probably still trying to get back to where I was last year. Um, But that just comes down to what I think at least is just, not as much consistency, not as much mileage as well. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think my focus will start going towards Melbourne and and start building like just Berlin. a bit more consistency and a bit more. Oh, Berlin, Dom, you want to pay for it or what do you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's just yeah. It it is a different feeling when you don't you sort of don't put the same level of commitment. I took a different approach where I was thinking, you know, I just want to enjoy it. I, I, I go between like, I just want to enjoy it. I don't want to take it seriously mm. as seriously. And then I get in that mindset. 
But as soon as I get in that mindset, I kind of miss taking it seriously eventually. And I come back around and it's actually seems to be pretty enjoyable to like put good training in. Although, um, yeah, I, I feel like I'm always just in that awkward middle ground. Um, but mm. it's always work in progress. I think, um, yeah, just keep building from there. Uh, I'll, I'll see where I'm at at Gold Coast and then go from there. I wouldn't, I definitely like my fitness is coming back for sure, but it's a weird place, weird place to be at. Um, anyway, definitely. I think that's like why I want to get a coach as well. Just that, um, accountability. I felt like yeah. when I had, um, Jerome coaching me in the past, like having someone who's just solely looking out for you and you're running, yeah. um, helps a lot. Like, yeah, sometimes they might send you a message and you don't agree with it, but looking back on it now, I'm like, oh shit, like that was good for me. And I'm glad yeah. I had someone there for me. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. I remember and, with Sally, sorry, go on Dom, you're going to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Just that motivation as well. Like um, I feel like, yeah, having, when you start doing the training and you're ticking it off, like I feel like Arthur's in the zone with his running at the moment. Um, yeah. And once you've, you're there, it's easy, but um, getting there is kind of hard. And I feel like I'm in the same boat, like just a bit kind of wishy-washy with my running at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting. Cause like, for example, I'll have like a 50, I don't know, I have like a 50K week and then, <laughs> and, and yeah, oh, that's hilarious to Arthur. <laughs> Arthur have a 50K day and a half, but um, anyway. Speaking uh, of 50Ks and coaches, um you know recently you probably saw you did the same thing but i did it was a mistake on my well not a mistake i'll I'll talk about that in a separate thing it was good but i I went and whacked 50k on a sunday um and yeah casually you know we did it in in the the mountains the blue mountains with matt matt gore and i put my hand up it's definitely not the right thing to to do but that whole accountability thing i definitely got a message about it from my coach. <laughs> oh yeah, you would. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, and he's, he's right. He's definitely right. But yeah, I don't know. I just got carried away and it was my first ever 50 K and it felt, felt bloody good except for the last 5 K or so, or 4 K Matt Gore took me down the biggest hill I've ever been down. And I thought we were going to loop around and he's like, no, nah, we're turning around and running back up it. And oh. Like I, I couldn't even, I could barely walk up this thing. It was that steep. At, 40, yeah. at 47, I remember looking at my watch. I'm like, what have you done? <laughs> He's such a machine as well. He's yeah. just be in absolute no man's land with Matt Gore out there. That's for sure. But um, uh, yeah, but you, how did you pull up after that? Because like you've had obviously got a lot more miles in like that, some weeks I've been running at just over 50k, so absolutely crushed me. Um, but yeah, you how'd you pull up? Surprisingly, you know, and maybe contrary to popular belief, quite quite okay. Yeah. Um, I, I went back to running the very next day. Um, mm. it was there was a it wasn't too much muscle soreness. Um, there was a little bit of that, but it was just a little bit more fatigue in the legs and and i mean so like kind of you know the next day monday when i ran i was um um you know power in my legs but aside from it like physically 
um, to the body and the muscles. Like when I do big runs like that, like even when I do a big marathon session, I'll put together a, a, a big week um, or, or solid blocks like the three by seven that I did with, with Pete. We covered like 36K in that day. Um, and I just, I get Monday, Tuesday, like Monday for me, I can cannot get out of bed. Like I cannot wake up early. So it's just mm. really for the, for the sleep um, on, on Monday. And then Monday evening and Tuesday, I'm like starving. Like yeah, right, starving. Okay. body just is demanding fuel on, on those two days. Um, and I found that if you kind of give it, well, for me, if I give it the fuel, it kind of is craving, let's just say, but in a more healthy manner so i'm not like before i used to be so hungry and i'd be like oh i've ran 20k or 30k and go smash 10 donuts kind of thing um whereas now i'll eat something a lot more of it but something a lot more nutritious yeah yeah you can have your desserts like um, you'll never not see me eat desserts <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's one of the joys of uh it's one of the joys of running isn't it being able to at least get all those calories in and not feel not feel yeah. too guilty about it but um yeah for the 50k for me i couldn't walk i couldn't i couldn't run for four, four days like, like i was still on the uh yeah three days after i was still like a not not looking at stairs in a good way so um very different scenario <laughs> but i think um that just comes down to just the sheer volume in your in your legs like you've been running yeah you've been running a lot and doing a lots of longer longer runs as well so um kind of kind of makes sense for sure mm -hmm. and if you thought i was okay you should have seen matt matt did that like oh. blinking an eye <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's nothing that's nothing um um yeah Can last bathroom what's that <laughs> Can we? Is there such things as pauses in here? Yeah, yeah, we can pause it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. sure thing. Yeah. Give me two yeah. seconds. Just two seconds. Yeah, no worries. We're and back. We're... And we're back. And Hang we're on. back. <laughs> Hang on. Did I pause it? Are we recording? No, no, we're recording. No, I didn't pause it. Good, good. We're just talking about how do you say the Bay Run race, Dom? Shri I've got no idea. I, think you have <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to try. But last time, uh, we've done that before, haven't we, Don? We we did the seven k. Yeah, yeah, seven k. The seven k. Um, I mean, it's the Bay Run. You know, I've been there quite a few times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's at eight o'clock as well. I wonder how busy it's going to be. Yeah, geez. mate. That's like your perfect race, the Bay Run. Mate, I know. A.M. Start. Come on. <laughs> I'm an early. I'm an early riser, Arthur. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. Not really. Well, yeah. yeah, not not like not like uh MLR 5 a.m. sort of early riser. Yeah, even I'm off that. So yeah, like I'm a yeah, 6 30. Do all your runs start. In the yeah. Do all my runs in the morning. But yeah, lucky to work from home, that's for sure. If I had okay. to go in the office. Sucks waking up that early, but once I'm like kind of in it, I actually much prefer it than say um a bit of a later one it's just getting in it yeah yeah um, with the with the group 
it's just it's so fun. Like I literally see it as like a social. Um, yeah. On Wednesday. Yeah, for sure. That's why. Yeah, Tuesdays is so much fun as well. Um, mm. I look forward to that session more than anything. Mm. It's just because it, I don't even know what the don't even know what the session's going to be. Um, but I don't think that's the that's the point for a lot of it. So um, uh, anyway, we will move on to different ground. Um, one thing I wanted to cover off is you've already sort of talked a little bit about um, when you started getting into running, but so you started just jogging around a little bit. So how did you, how did mm. your progression sort of start? Um, yeah, I guess very basically it was just um, that uh, I set some, some goals, some new year goals but mm -hmm. not the typical you know i'm going to lose weight or i'm going to get fit like I, I set up um five different kind of areas in in my life and then under those specific areas i set two two or three like small kind of achievable goals or what i thought was achievable and in the health bucket i had run one to two kilometers one to two times a week like that's it mm -hmm. so i was really into gym for many years like so go, going up in high school, I was always like the skinnier kind of guy and um, same with my sister and, you know, no matter what I ate and I ate very, very unhealthy, um, I could not gain any weight at all. So kind of going through that, you know, you growing up as a teenager, you want to put on some size and not be so, I guess, scrawny is how I felt. Um, so I really got into gym and, I guess that also really instilled in me really poor eating behaviors and not intuitive with my eating. So kind of just eating for the sake of it, instead of eating when you're actually hungry or need to fuel and um, just really poor habits that I'm kind of only breaking now. Um, so yeah, that's how it kind of started just one to two Ks a week. Um, at the time I had a um, my, my girlfriend at the time, she did a little bit of running so we kind of do it together and i remember there were so many times like she'd be like just keep going to that telegraph pole and i'd, I'd hate it i literally could not run <laughs> um and um yeah then i did the 5k thing on the treadmill as i mentioned before so i achieved that and i remember like the treadmill was like drenched in sweat <laughs> and it was like it you know i did it in 5k in over 30 something minutes um and then you know i still was going out you know i improved my eating a little bit but not too much kind of went from like 96 kilos to like maybe 85 quite quite quick and funny you speak of the bay run but the bay run is um where i set to do um, my first half marathon kind of mm -hmm. thing. So like, well, it wasn't even a, an official half marathon because I did three laps. So it wasn't even 21K. It was like, well, just 20, 21K. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah, I did that. Um, I remember doing it in, I don't know the exact time. Like this is how noob I was. I had an Apple Watch <laughs> for, for running. <laughs> Sorry that's to anyone tragic. that had an Apple Watch. But <laughs> no, that's all right. They can. They need to not have that, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> They're improving. If Apple really, really, <laughs> if someone from Apple listens to this and, and if they really improve their, their running 
line, I guess, and added like a, a lap button, like a proper one and that kind of stuff. I might be tempted. Apple, we are not asking for much. Just a little button that yeah. says... Well, they came up with a headset thing that, you know, they're really good at marketing because I definitely want to buy it. I don't know what I'd use it for, but <laughs> um, they've yeah. got this virtual headset. It's like 3500 US and it comes out in like a year's time and I already want it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so three out of watch. A proper running watch. But anyway. Yeah, I mean, you thought they, you'd think they would, right? But like, yeah, it's just. Well, they made that Apple watch, which is like, I really went to the Apple store and, and I tried to like it and tried to see how I would use this in running because I do like the whole Apple ecosystem kind of thing. Um, but it just, I just knew it wasn't going to be practical. Nah, nah. Uh, I'm sticking to my chorus, which I love, by the way. Um, yeah. really bad. Um, yeah, anyways. Um, so yeah, kind of did that around the Bay run and then went overseas. So I did it the weekend I went overseas and then kind of just kind of let go of running and didn't really pick it up till mid or end of 2021 where I was just, I was just running just around here. I was living in Bondi and at the time my roommate was with me and, we would run and then smash pizza together every night. Um, so it didn't really make sense, but we're just kind of just doing it. And um, uh, yeah, they got into a bit of cycling as well, which helped with the, I guess, my weight coming down and the base fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, so started feeling good with that. And that's how it kind of led into it. And I, um, I wanted to do a half marathon time trial. So this is now yeah, this is COVID now. Um, so nothing was around. Um, and I just kind of ran around um, training for that. Um, I would run very late because I was going out <laughs> most nights. So I'd run at like maybe 10, 11 a.m. And it was just really, really hot, which ended up working to my advantage because I didn't know anything about heat training or and still don't really know much about it but I think it really helped with with the fitness um and long story short I ended up doing a half marathon time trial again on a very generous course um but I couldn't even run 5k in four minute pace I was like obsessed with when I started running and got into it like four minute pace and sub 25k and just really hitting that and I ended up doing the half marathon in sub four and was blown away Um, and just kind of felt good on the day. And um, then my roommate suggested, oh, you're pretty fit. Why don't you run a marathon? So so I'm like, oh, yeah, as we're eating pizza and drinking Pepsi, um, not Pepsi Zero either, like not Pepsi Max, like the full sugar version. (laughs) Um, Anyways. And um, he he said that, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'll do it in two weeks. Next weekend, I'll run 30K, and then that should make me fit for the marathon. <laughs> so I knew nothing, right? And believe it or not, that next weekend, I ran 30K at midday. I remember it because I got to like 26, and I was like, could not run four more K. I was around Circular Key. It was like, the weekend, people everywhere because it was midday. It was the hottest day ever. And I'm like, shirt off, sweating. So I remember it very 
um, like it was kind of yesterday and I did it. And then the next weekend I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this marathon. And somehow I pulled a sub three in a time trial. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. So just run 30 K and then run a marathon. <laughs> that's, that's actually quite ridiculous. <laughs> I, I remember when I first started doing, when I, you forget when you first start, how crazy long runs are. Like I remember mm. running like 20, um, I remember when we used to do the long run, the early day long runs, Dom, and just like after I'd do a shift, for example, it, and yeah, you run like 20, first time I ran 21Ks, I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't yeah. know how, like it just feels ridiculous. Um, but yeah, anyway, it gets easier and easier as time goes on. But then to pull a, pull a sub three out, I mean, yeah, that's pretty wild. Did it, to be honest, because I went, I went, Half marathon, time trial, 30K, sub three-hour marathon. Um, obviously, GPS sub three, but whatever, like even if it was... Pretty close, yeah. Yeah, yeah. add a few minutes or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So I kind of did that and um, had a bit of a group going then. So I kind of ran the first 27K solo. Mm-hmm. Um and then some some guys met me for the last, I don't know, call it 14, 13K, something like that, or 15K. Um, so my pace kind of went four minutes to like four-minute average to like um, to 27 and then like 4.30s or something. I could probably bring up the run and show you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. GPS friendly, obviously. GPS um kind of easy course like along the water and you know the harbor and all that kind of stuff yeah um, with the downhill at the start but anyways that that gave me a lot of confidence going into melbourne so when melbourne was on i went with the same group i remember it was like sunday it was delayed so it wasn't in it's it wasn't in october where it usually is it was in december because of the covid closures so it's first race and i was like i'm gonna smash this like i've done sub three after that, I kept training a bit, just not training, but just doing ridiculously stupid long runs. Like as in what I mean by that is not distance, but just just really not allowing my body to recover or taper or anything, just going and like just trying to do 25 or 30K and just as fast as I could every every weekend. Yeah, kind right, of, okay. Yeah, um, and a lot of you know, learnt a lot from that because it's definitely not the right way to train. Mm. Um, and um, what were you yeah. doing during the, like during the week? Oh, like it wouldn't be like, I'd probably be running maybe 50 to 60 K a week and over 50% of that mileage would come on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Um, so no, <clears throat> No, um, no sessions. Not like you haven't introduced anything at this point. In terms I didn't of, really know too much about sessions. There was maybe like one or two sessions, like maybe I'd call it like K reps or twelve hundreds. I wouldn't go anything above twelve hundreds. There was definitely nothing like four by five K or an actual thirty five, thirty eight K long run or midweek long runs. Like none of that. Yeah. That, okay. that didn't exist at all. It was just purely based on let's just do a big big one on Sunday and by big 
I meant like the most I ever ran for Melbourne was 30K. Mm -hmm. um, but try, I tried to do it at like at four minute pace as much as possible kind of thing. And I remember like a week before or two weeks before it, um, I ran a 15K like on the GPS, it said at like 355s. And I thought, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm going to own Melbourne. So, so I went there very confident, knew nothing as well about resting, recovering, tapering, fueling, like none of that. I was the biggest amateur. I probably ticked off every wrong thing that you should do in a marathon. So I went there, got there the day before, walked around the day before, um, so the Saturday sightseeing, didn't fuel, didn't carb load for two, three days before. Um, uh, what else did I do? I did a session the night before the marathon. <laughs> what was your thinking behind that? I don't know, mate. Get the legs warmed up, you know. Into me. So I did a session. I remember it. It was around Albert Park, literally at like 5 p.m. And the marathon is the next day. And it was like, what? It was like, like 10 by two minutes or something like that. The day before okay. the like it was, yeah, but it was, it was, they were hard kind of thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm feeling sick. And it was just, it was so stupid. Um, <laughs> showed up, didn't know what to expect. I've never seen a crowd like that, how races work. There was like, you know, no toilets to use, like all the variables that I normally could control in my sub three time trial and the half marathon one were not available to me there. So I, I went and bought like this, this amateur kind of belt. And I carried my phone with me, I remember, and I had never tried this belt except for the night before where I did the session. And it kind of stood still. So I'm like, oh, yeah, the belt will be fine. Um, it was the worst thing I've ever done. If it didn't have my phone in there, I would have chucked it. I probably adjusted that belt like 20 times in the first 10Ks whilst running. Didn't know anything about fueling. Like, didn't take really any gels, anything. So I went out very hot to my ability. I think at the time, you know, I said four minute Ks was my threshold. So I went out, covered like 24K at four minute pace and then hit a massive wall, like a massive wall, like stopped dead in my tracks. I couldn't put a foot in front of the other. Didn't know oh, what to geez. do. No man's land. So I didn't stay with the three hour pacer. I went ahead of them and I kind of was just behind the 250 pacer um guys so we're like in this small kind of group of people that i ended up with um but again to my inexperience i was like pushing ahead of them kind of talking to my mate in the pack like really not taking it serious um and um hit a massive wall and learned so much like everything i told you now i'll never <laughs> never do again i kind of oh yeah you've just given people the 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 checklist of what to look out for at least. Oh, yeah. mate, like everything wrong. And and the next 18K was was the worst. <laughs> like I wanted to quit, but there's like, again, I always thought there'd be something or a bus or something. Like, I don't know where I thought this, but that would take you to the finish line. But there was not nothing. You had to finish it or walk it or just kind of leave and try catch public transport in another direction. So I ended up finishing it. I finished it in three hours and eight minutes. Really? Yeah. Because okay. I went out 24K so hot, mate. I 
bought a big buffer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True, <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, so then after that, I did Canberra. Um, and then that's when I really focused, learned a lot from that, that book, um, really studied it, um, kind of was watching Sweat Elite at the time mm-hmm. as well. Um, so learned a lot about that. And one thing I really learned from those videos was um, like how, how relaxed all these professionals were. Um, in their training for like Matt Fox or whoever it was would go and film this professional and they put up the session and they, you know, talk before it, talk during it and after. And, you know, it would be like, I don't know, four by 2K. And they're like, well, we're meant to hit it at this pace, but it doesn't matter because this and this and this variable. And they were so relaxed. Whereas my original thought process for sessions was, you have to hit those paces and if you don't you're a failure mm-hmm. kind of thing and that was definitely the case when i went to kenya everyone was really relaxed um you know they obviously tried hard and trained hard but you know they they took sessions at say 80% most of the times um which allowed them to recover and train again and be more consistent because no one session is going to make you fit it's it's a combination of putting good weeks and months together yeah um, and yeah they were quite quite relaxed on it so i've just been really taking that approach especially this year and and whilst in kenya mm. and um so in so you've gone from like obviously making um not having too much structure doing the melbourne marathon then what did you take away from so you pretty much did you just like copy that the book and the program print, mm. essentially yeah yeah so so with canberra i pretty much really followed that that plan yeah. so in, in that kind of book there was like similar plan um but it was based on how many k's you wanted to do a week so at the time i i i strived for the um the 105 or 110 kilometer week plan and that was week it wasn't every week like that um it spoke about like mesocycles so i learned all about that and you know um really focusing on it and at the time still i had no one to run with so a lot of the times you know i was blown away i i when the plan told me to run 24 k's on a wednesday morning or or on a wednesday i was like that's ridiculous but I, i did it and um it's very specific, but what I found with marathons and kind of implementing it with with a lot of the guys that I'm training with now, um, including Pete, um, is you can do your long runs, but the book really talks about how you need to be specific to your goal and, and your ability. So, for example, yes, occasionally you can go out there and run, if it said run 24Ks on a Wednesday, just go and run it you know, at a very slow pace, 5.30s or whatever it is. But you can't do that all the time. So it spoke about progressive medium long runs and progressive long runs quite a bit, which I found very interesting and a lot harder to do. So, for example, you start a, you start a long run at 20% slower than your goal pace and then you finish it 10% slower than your goal pace. So, for example... For Canberra, my goal pace was 4.15, three hours. 
I would start 20% slow is about 450s, four minute 50Ks. And then the last eight Ks of the 24K run, I would try to get down to um, like 430 something, right? Which at the time running solo 5 a.m. by myself before work, for some reason you could Google this, it was a monsoon. Remember that monsoon kind of period that was just raining? It was during that time, every single morning, I would be in the rain running like by myself because I had no group. Yeah. And um, it was really hard and it was boring, boring training, but it, it bloody worked and it really, it got me the fittest I've ever been. And I still apply a lot of those principles now, much easier with a group. Um, the book really talks about, and I can personally vouch for this for, with my limited experience um, how those long runs really um, help improve you for a marathon. I'm speaking specifically for a marathon here. Um, but, you know, the fatigue and um, that builds up in your legs, um, especially in the latter stages, um, really I found to overcome by doing these, these specific long runs where they're not, you know, the, the book had paces in long runs occasionally but not too much it was a lot of this and um it spoke about um how tough it was because i would see at this stage by the end of it just before canberra i had met delta and i saw that they were doing all these fancy sessions and you know naturally you're like oh i want to do that i want to do four minute two minute whatever it is right um and my plan said run 24 Ks progressive. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't really want to do that. Or the most fancy you would get would be like mile reps. Um, and at the time I didn't understand it, but now I'm a big advocate of solid, just solid training. Just, you know, I think there's times for fartleks and that kind of stuff. But what I've seen in Kenya, what I found from this book, what I've seen a lot of the people say down in Melbourne do is just consistent, um, you know, fundamental training like K reps, 2K reps, mile reps, 800s. Um, and they do these sessions regularly. Um, and, and also touching on that, like getting a coach with Andy, you know, he's a 210 marathon runner, represents Australia. The sessions he gives me are very consistent. So I kind of mentioned it earlier before. Oh, you know, Luke, we've done that session. I'm doing it again tomorrow. Mm. Um, he, he regularly puts in staple, staple sessions, um, which I then started observing that a lot of quite decent international runners do and also some very decent Australian runners um, are, are training in a similar way. It kind of makes, it kind of makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, it's, on a lot of levels, it seems that you just have you have a lot of the consistency is the mm. main thing, and then just making sure you're hitting those key sessions. Mm. Um, the challenge for me seems to be like you at a certain point. Once you get a certain amount of experience, you you know what you have to do, but mm. then like it's all like the life factors and all the stuff that comes in that can sort of derail you. If that makes mm. sense. Um, yeah. So I found point training with a group really helps yeah yeah with, with and it's a bit hard if you've got a coach that's kind of 
you know, I want my coach to be individual to me. So what I really like about Andy is he doesn't just give me a training plan where it's four weeks in advance. He puts in the sessions and the training for the next week um, based on what I do the 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 prior week at the yeah. at the earliest or at the the most um you know up ahead so I don't even know what I'm doing I also found like a lot of people like for example um I hear about this you know in run crew for example on Saturdays they don't even know what session they're doing yeah they um, don't I've heard Otto and stuff talk about that uh, in, in Kenya that was definitely a thing their their coach was there with them they didn't know the session till like five minutes before it kind of thing. Um, I, I personally kind of like that because say, for example, you know, when I have my week set up in advance or whatever, I'm kind of looking two weeks ahead or three weeks ahead and I see that really big session that's like, you know, the big, the big one of the block. And all I'm doing is I'm focusing on that session in three weeks' time and I'm and whether I whether I'm doing it consciously or subconsciously, I'm not focusing on the session that I've got today or tomorrow and everything has a purpose. So I would rather just be like one day at a time, one session at a time. You don't know what's going to happen in three, four weeks time. And sometimes you don't go as hard as you should or do the session right as you should, because you're just, Oh, I'm saving myself for, for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. You always have it in the, I used to do that a bit with the other program you were talking about, as you could see the, you could see like the 23K marathon pace, consistent long run. I always used to dread that. Um, but yeah, that, that, that makes sense for sure. I remember that session. That's like oh. a big advanced one. Dom yeah. and I did that, Dom, Dom, Chris and I did that when I was training for Canberra around the Bay Run and I couldn't even finish that. Um, and I remember Dom's brother telling me like, just, just get it, just get it done, get the K's in and then it will stick on the day. And he was right. Just getting the K's in really, really helps. Yeah. I remember doing that session as well, thinking just finishing it almost like towards the end, being a race effort, being like, how the hell am I going to run that for 42 K's? Like, it just seems so outrageous. Um, but you do forget you're in like sort of peak, you're in a peak week. Yeah. You've been training hard for like, yeah. But yeah, I just, every, every time I've done one of those big marathon sessions, it's always like, Oh my God, I don't know if this is the right, but then funny enough, like obviously yourself ran, you are able to hold the pace. Um, so yeah, it sometimes works out. What? Um, so for Manchester, when I came back from Kenya, we had to do that same session. So it was 36K with 23 straight at goal marathon pace. And when I came back from Kenya, this is now the second time I'm doing it, a year later after Kenya, and I absolutely smashed that session. It was obviously trading in Kenya is a different story because when we get into that, mate, it was so bloody hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm keen to dig into that. I think... um... Dom, you're going to say something. Sorry. Oh no, I think that's a good segue into it. <laughs> yeah, into Kenya. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you did a bit of traveling, and then you, yeah, tell us like where did you start traveling, and then just maybe go into how you got into Kenya and that sort yeah. of thing. So 
um, kind of was like a bit of background, kind of I was, I'm in like the financial services industry and always kind of been in that. And um, when I was working for a bank, I was kind of like moving up through the ranks. And what that meant was that I'd, I'd barely take time off for a holiday. Um, and then I took on a new job at, a, at another firm, took the leap. Um, it was a very, very senior position, um, but it meant a lot of hours and it was, it was a great opportunity. Um, but I just kind of needed a bit of a break. So I took a bit of a gamble at the end of last year. So December 2022, the mid, mid December, 2022, I, um, I quit my job, <laughs> um, quit my job. And two days later, I booked an overseas trip from Sydney to London and London return. And it was maybe five, six weeks long. Um, it was over Christmas um, and plan was to come back in, call it um, sometime at the end of, um, I think it was the end of January and just kind of, you know, find a job. I think it was like four weeks only or five weeks. It wasn't, it wasn't even six weeks initially. So I remember I had to be back on the 20th of January. Um, so I did that, went to London first time um, in London and first time in Europe for the winter. Absolutely fell in love with the place. Um, I didn't have anything booked in between. Um, and I, um, I just literally picked what country I wanted to go to the very next day. So Europe was, I was amazed about how easy it was to travel. You don't even need your passport. Like we're so used to in Australia here, like the quarantine rules and they're obviously there for good reason, but you know, you can't even in Australia, you can't leave the airport with a bottle of water and they make you tip it out and fruits and that kind of stuff. Whereas there, it's just, you show up to the train station just before the train comes in, I can go to another country. Um, so I found that really cool. So I kind of just traveled around there, went to Europe um, and Yes, yeah, so I kind of I kind of quit my job, finished a degree, but at the same time, I, I kind of touched on this as well in the, the running aspect where I didn't have a coach. I I raced every single race that I could get my hands on. And I then started a bit of track season and then also a bit of um more um because of track season aggressively dieting. And what that led to was my first and only DNF in a race. Um, and it was a big wake-up call. Um, so multiple factors, very stressed at work, all this kind of stuff that I kind of talked about. And um, it was a big wake-up call where I, I – and it was a mile race. So I, I, I did two laps at the pace I wanted and, like, literally could not go anymore. Um, so it was the first race that I've ever DNF'd and the only one so far. Um, but it was a big wake-up call and I made a lot of changes from, from that. Um, but after that, went to Europe, really enjoyed myself, gained a lot of weight, just really enjoying myself. Christmas markets, like what John, Don was talking about and trying everything and all these cheeses and chocolates and mm. Belgium. I went to Switzerland in the Swiss Alps skiing. I went to London. I went to Paris for Christmas. I went to Milan. I went to Spain, um, just had the best time, um, but I was solo and I was just ticking off everything that I wanted to do 
um, every single day. Training a bit there, and I kind of had reached out and connected with Andy, and we had a rough plan. Um, but before I left, a few people suggested Kenya, and I just thought it would be really cool. And I'm like, well, now that I've quit my job, like when else am I ever going to go there? And kind of as a child, you kind of like think, I don't know, you watch Lion King and you want to go to Africa and that kind of stuff. So I thought it was pretty cool. But I always thought it was a, it was going to be a quite a scary and um, perhaps not so safe experience. Um, but I kind of reached out. I think it was Jerome that introduced me to Run IX, um, which is kind of like a camp there. But it's um, so I reached out to them. They responded. They're like, we'd love to have you, that kind of stuff. Um, they gave me their prices and I was about to go and, and book. Um, I had booked a ticket to Kenya, but no real accommodation. Um, so that was kind of in the works. And then I think because of Instagram algorithms, in my actual news feed, this other place came up um, and it was called the Swiss side. And I just saw this photo and I clicked on it and they had put a photo of the current people that were staying there. So I had a look and one of the guys was from Australia, from Melbourne, and he was like a 3,000 metre runner. So I kind of clicked on his page and sent him a message and me and him started talking like out of nowhere and just because of that and he was staying there and I could relate to someone that was Australian and he was telling me how he got there, what to do. I, I trusted it more. So I went with this other place. Um, it was really good, really cheap. Um, initially had Kenya booked for nine days. Um, and I knew nothing about altitude training, um, nothing about how it would impact you, etc. So when I um, went there, I really tried to cram training, but then, I'll talk about the training, I guess, after. Um, but that's how Kenya came about, um, just through kind of stumbling across it. Um, so after Europe, I went, I then went to, um, I caught a train, a, a, a plane um, from Madrid to, it went to Abu Dhabi um, and then from Abu Dhabi to Nairobi, which is Kenya's capital. When I was at Madrid, <laughs> little side story, at the airport waiting for the plane, I ate the tuna sandwich that was on in the window and I got food poisoning. The whole way to Abu Dhabi, I think it was eight hours, I was vomiting on the plane. Oh. I was, it was the worst time of my life. Got to Abu Dhabi, nearly missed my connecting flight because I was vomiting at the, um, at the airport. Just made it. Like I remember seeing the sign saying like gates closed like actually closed i ran there and negotiated with them they let me on and then i just passed out didn't need anything and then got to kenya got to nairobi had to wait at the airport from nairobi what you do is you go to the domestic airport which is literally next door you kind of walk there and i'm still sick haven't eaten haven't drunk anything like just vomiting so dehydrated and I go outside and there's all these people trying to haggle you for a cab and your money. And it's African type hot weather. And yeah, well. um, it wasn't ideal. So I went over to the um, domestic airport, had to wait for the plane. The plane was, of course, delayed. Um, 
So you go from Nairobi to a city called Eldoret. It's a one hour flight on this plane called Jumbo Jet. Um, it's the only one that kind of runs there. So Jumbo, Jumbo Jet, if anyone wants to do it. Um, Are you worried about that? <laughs> no, not really. They look, it was like a normal plane. I've been in dodgier planes in Greece, to be honest, um, with the yeah. propellers and stuff. This was like an actual, like the the, the air, like the airline was called Jumbo Jet or what? Yeah, yeah, it's a major. Nice. It's one of their. It's their major airline. There, it's called Jumbo Jet. Good, good, good. So Jumbo means hello in Kenyan. It's like oh right, okay. Park, you go Jumbo. I think. Oh, yeah. I think okay. I got that right. Yeah, it's like Jumbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hello. It's like a greeting. Nice, nice. So it's okay. Jumbo Jet. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so got on that. Sat next to this very large Kenyan guy who fell asleep on me, like literally fell asleep on me. Um, still haven't eaten, still haven't drank any water. And then when you get to Eldoret, you then got to get from the airport to Eton, which is where the training camp is. So it's about just under 2,500 metres high, like yeah. altitude. Um, and I part of the package that I had at where I was staying called the Swiss side is they pick you up from the airport and drop you back. So they sent this guy, picked me up, took like an hour and a half of driving um, get there. to get there. And I finally get there. And then you've got to then go through um, like, you know, the whole induction thing and that kind of stuff. And they show you and there's other people there. So you've got to kind of socialize, but I was, I was dead at this time. Um so that it was kind felt of like, like absolute day. shit, all the yeah. travel. And then like, literally you still haven't gotten anything in as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was horrible. And then you're kind of also very cautious. Like it's such a new country. Um, you know, you've never been there. I didn't, I didn't know much about Kenya. Like I'm also cautious, like I'm on high alert here. Like, what do I eat? I don't want to get sick again. What water do I drink? You know, mm. is it safe? Blah, 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 blah. Like all these things are running through your head. Mm. Um, but you know, to my surprise at the time, everything worked out perfect. Um, so that was how I kind of got there. Yeah, wow. That's uh that's a journey in and itself of itself. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um yeah, so then what happened? Um, well, I thought I was only gonna be there for nine days, so I went very aggressive with my training. So one thing that I would personally change when and if I go back is you know, I'd, I'd try lock in at least a month there, for example, um, ideally a bit more, but depends what your goal is, right? And it's hard with work and everything, but at least a month. And then the first week and a half, two weeks, I just spend jogging, like just jog really easy, six minute Ks kind of thing, five thirties, like just really adjust to the altitude. Um, it's not just the altitude there, but everything there is so hilly, you're barely running on the road. So you're running on these like dirt kind of farmy looking roads that mm. go out into the fields and they're all like massive hills, massive inclines. You, you could not tell on Strava with the elevation profile or, you know, it says the elevation next to the kilometers. Yeah. Like a lot of the time I'd look at that and it'd say like five or seven elevation, but it's because it went like in one K, it went like 50 up. 50 down, then 40 up, then like, like <laughs> yeah. you, you do so many hills in that one case. So when you look at it, it's, it's not kind of, you know, it doesn't look like anything major, but it, but it really is. 
Um, so that's on top of the elevation and you're running on rocks, like, like these red rocks. I don't know how I didn't break my ankle, but um, the, these guys there, they're, they're smacking like sub three minute Ks on these rocks. I, I don't, I cannot fathom how they're doing that. Yeah. Um, so kind of got into that and I remember, so I, I, I still took um, the altitude as a, bit of a joke or didn't take it as serious. And I remember going to a track um, in near Eton um, and um, it was, it was still very high. So there's, there's the main track that everyone trains at there. It's called Kipchoge stadium and it's in Eldoret in, near the town. So you go from Eton to Eldoret and you catch, like everyone goes there on Tuesday mornings, you catch a, a bus, but they call it a matatu. Um, from there, it costs like a, a dollar or $2 Australian each way. Um, it's 32 kilometers away. Wow. <laughs> um, and you get on this bus and they, they cram as many people as you can on this um, thing and it takes you there and then they all fight for which bus is going to take you back and, they 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 cram so many people like this when i say bus i mean van <laughs> i mean eight seater van at, at best and that will put like 20 people in this like I've, I've got multiple videos where there's like me and over 20 people in an eight seater yeah right okay. at at the start my very first time um going back from 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 Eldoret from the tracks so on my very first session I actually, when they were loading the van, so they park it there. They promise you that they're going to leave in two minutes. They don't. They get you in there. They take your money. And then they wait for as long as possible to, to squeeze in as many individuals as they can in this van. And they started really filling it up. And I was in the back corner. And because it was hot and everything, I literally had an anxiety attack. Yes. Like I had an anxiety. I had to climb out the window kind of thing. It was quite embarrassing. Oh god. Yeah, I mean it's quite also quite understandable. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But after that, actually, believe it or not, by the end of it, I was like, I was loving it. Like I was like, cram more people in and encourage them. And I don't know, I kind of just got over it. Um mm. but yeah, so yeah, that was that was um that was pretty much um my first kind of couple days. I went to a track and the session was um, eight by eight by four hundreds, right. and I've never pushed so hard. Like I, I think on the seventh or eighth one, I went into an actual panic attack where I literally couldn't get enough oxygen in. <laughs> There's a video of this, um, and I was on hands and knees kind of thing. And ever since then, a lot of the Kenyan guys really reached out to me um that I was staying with and they were they were so nice um and they were like take your sessions at 80 percent slow it down so when I did slow it down I, I found I really improved um yeah. yeah did they warn you about did they warn you about that yeah, or? everyone does so everyone's yeah. like it's the altitude it's the altitude it's the altitude yeah don't worry the altitude like that's all you hear there and that was what you would expect I remember I told you when I ran at um, an altitude that was basically not altitude and I was, mm. I felt like I felt it and I can only imagine what it was 
like especially the smash 400s just being just going just there there yeah. yeah so not only was it 400s but it was on a dirt track that had like bumpy rocks so you're already not getting any rhythm and it was 2400 meters high whereas Kipchoge Stadium that everyone trains at is like 2200 mm-hmm. now it doesn't sound like much of a difference but like there's another track that we went to that was closed that's about 1900 and like from 24 to 1900 i noticed a big difference for sure mm-hmm. um in terms of in terms of breathing so i know you know 1600 meters um also was was definitely um uh, a noticeable difference I, I didn't mention actually when i went to zabat that was about 1600 meters and I went and did a a hill session there. And that was the first time I put it down to altitude, I think, um, because I've never even been at 1600 meters. So I went and did eight by three minute kind of steady hill reps. Um, And it was was crazy insane. Um, But it's funny because I don't know, maybe this was in my head after Zamat and before Kenya, I went back to London and I had K reps to do and even though I was quite unfit at the time, I hit them really fast. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, kind of did that, really fell in love with Kenya. And long story short, I extended so many times that I ended up staying seven and a half weeks. Right. Okay. When was the first time you, when was the first time you extended it? How long? We, after, after a week. After, after a, week, a week, I fell in love with the culture there, the people, um, you know, I picked a really good time, literally every single, nearly every single um, running athlete that I follow on Instagram was there with me. And yeah, we would go crazy. down to the shops together, have hot chips, you know, have some tea, breakfast. Like I was just amazed that I had, I was surrounded by all these like Nike, Adidas, you know, ASIC sponsored athletes that you see on Instagram that are like, you know, market leading athletes. The Were you able to say them, right? who was there or? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I pretty much saw everyone except for Kipchoge really. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Of staying with, um, or very close to Julian Wonders. Um, there's um, Aminal Petros as well. So that whole group was, was there. Um, who else was there? There was um, a lot of British athletes. Mm-hmm. Um Phil Sessiman, um, I think I'm saying his surname right. Emil was there. Um, a lot of the British guys um, were there and they all stayed together. Who else? Um, a lot of Kenyan um, representatives, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. There. Um, um, Faith, the one that just broke the um, 1500 meter world record. Does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys followed it. There was a marathon in Germany um, about a month or so ago. So um, Petros won it. Um, and Dennis, who's also his training partner, uh, a Kenyan guy, he was he came second. So they trained together um, in Julian's group. Um, there was, um, oh, I've just forgotten his name, um, the Swiss guy. Um, Come to me. Um, the 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 marathon 
record holder for the, for the Swiss. Um, I've just forgotten his name. I just can't believe that. No, um, that's all good. So what? Yeah, go on. Sorry. We would eat dinner together. I've just forgotten his name. Mental blank. Um, uh, so yeah. So what was uh, what was like sort of a day in the life for them? And yeah, yeah. So I kind of tried to mimic it, um, mm. and and it was quite cool. So like for example, I guess for me it was Monday wake up. 16k in the morning easy and then 10k in the evening so 26k days um it was very so if i was to run you through a day not just the the training it would be like run in the morning so wake up run in the morning come back have breakfast um and this was at the place i was saying we had a chef that would make breakfast for the whole camp so you didn't have to do anything what's on Uh, the menu for breakfast it was a lot of time it was like boiled eggs pancakes um Nutella, um, 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 peanut butter, jam. I remembered who that was now, Tedeschi Abraham. Okay. Good memory. Still don't yeah. know, but that's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's who I was actually staying with Tedeschi Abraham. He gave me his his tights. Um, Paul Chalimo actually gave me his, his jacket. I've got it behind me. Um, it's like a nice... That's pretty spot. damn cool. Um there were so many people like, sorry to kind of go in different directions here. Oh, go for it, wherever you want to go. Um, the shoes um, or the, the Vaporfly 3s before they were even released, I saw them. The Alpha Fly 3s, they were all getting used over there. Um, some ASIC prototypes as well. Um, yeah, so they would be something like that, wake up, then breakfast, then um, I would do a bit of admin or a bit of reading or something like that. Um, and then I'd have lunch. Um, and then after lunch, I got into the habit because everyone would do it of just having a, a quick nap mm-hmm. um, and kind of wake up, do your afternoon run, come back, ice bath. Um, my hotel had the only ice bath in all of Eton. So because of that, it would, one, it was very handy. So I could constantly go in it, um, which really helped with recovery because I increased kilometers and I'll I guess I'll jump in that in a second um but it also like all these pro athletes would come in there and use it so you just get exposure to them talk to them um and that kind of stuff and then after the afternoon double you have dinner um we'd play like a game or board games or card games or whatever it was was really good kind of felt like a better version of school camp in a way but it was it was really good um, and then Tuesday session, Wednesday would kind of just be, um, so every day except for Sunday had a 10K double. And that's what all the pros would do. They'd probably do longer. They'd do more Ks than me because their morning session would be bigger. But most afternoons were, for everyone, was was 10K. Mm-hmm. Like for everyone. Um, but in the morning, they might do 20 or 24K or 25K and then 10 in the evening. So they'll be... They'll be whacking 30, 35K days very comfortably as well, I might add, in altitude. <laughs> um, and you can probably see now why they're turning up in in races and smoking everyone. I just think there's a, um, well, there's many reasons for this, I think, but there's a big advantage or there's there's a big dominance for Eastern Africans, right? And it's just the, the culture and, and what they're doing every single day. So I only did that for seven weeks or so, 
and I became the fittest I've ever become, like unbelievably fit when I came back mm. um, and was running paces and races and all that kind of stuff where I didn't even think was possible and not only just doing that but feeling quite good. I Probably my biggest regret is not pushing it enough when I came back, um, mm. just really see where my fitness was at. Um, so that's what they would do. Session Tuesday, kind of no MLR on Wednesday. It was just like 16 in the morning, 10 in the evening. Session Thursday, and it was more kind of speed focused. Um, this was me, not what other guys were doing. Um, and then Friday, 26K, so 16 and 10. Saturday, Saturday, occasionally I'd have, or most Saturdays I'd have a session. And then Sunday was a long run that just kind of grew. It started at like two hours 30 and then just grew to like, I think the most I ever did in Kenya was 38K long run. And that was mm -hmm. when I was starting to get really fit or felt fit. Um, it was a big wake up call because, you know, all the paces that I thought I could run in sea level when I first got there and um, even towards the end, I could get nowhere near it. Um, so how long would you say the adjustment period was for out? Like maybe just take us through what it, what it felt like, um, starting. And then did you sort of just yeah. taper in and get used to what the altitude's like? Yeah. So it took about, I think for me, it took about two weeks, really. Yeah. I thought it was like a week, but it took about two weeks where I noticed a little bit of a difference in say my easy runs the whole time I was there the seven and a bit weeks I never felt a hundred percent at ease so for example you know I said I did k reps in London I hit those k reps at like 317 or so and then I went to Kenya not long after that and I couldn't run k reps at sub four like yeah, that wow. were yeah big difference for me and this mm -hmm. was in the space of a week call it right yeah yeah like i was in big trouble and and you get a big ego hit and you know the first two weeks i went to my room and just really contemplated like what's wrong with me why can't i run but you know being around really good professionals there they're like just relax like it will come so i knew by the end of it for example if i could run my k reps at about 330s i knew that's about a three minute K rep for me, mm. which is what I got down to towards the end. And let me tell you, it was, it wasn't easy. Like I was running them at three thirties and 60 seconds rest in Kipchoge stadium is like, it's nothing. you cannot, you can't even get your breath back in that type of altitude. Yeah. 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 Never even do 60 seconds rest. I'd end up like trying to do it, but just couldn't, couldn't breathe. What do your lungs actually, what do they feel like? What do they feel like? Is it? Just gasping for air. Yeah, like it's... I would be gasping for air, but not, not so much so that it's, you just can't get to that, those paces. Because when I was running like easy runs, long runs, road runs, tempos, that kind of stuff, it was more, your muscles need so much oxygen that they're just not, it felt for me like they're not getting it. So I just felt in, in slow motion all the time. The best way I can kind of describe it is like, have you ever had those dreams where you try to run away from something or someone? Oh yeah, yeah, and you can't move. You can't. That's exactly what it felt like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's like, grim. That's very grim. 
yeah, yeah. So constantly felt like that. Um, Do you feel yeah. anything like hungover, run, running hungover? Like you just don't have, you just... Mm. Don't have some... the power. I don't mm. know. And then the mm. more you push, the more you go into oxygen debt and just start huffing and puffing. That's what it felt for me. Um, and then you combine that with the hills and the rocks and the terrain. And it was just, you know, every day I felt like I was running cross country. Yeah. And <laughs> the then what? It, it leveled, it got easier? Like it just it got, got easier? Nowhere near the, the ease of like coming here. Yeah, sure, so, sure. For example, when I, when I went back to London after Kenya, I, I just couldn't believe you know, it took a bit of a while. And a lot of the guys I, I listen now, they're like, oh, you you know, it will take you about a week to adjust, but then you'll feel amazing. And for me, it was kind of like three, four days. I was like amazing. It felt like when I was running in London after Kenya, it felt like someone was constantly like, like a really good, strong um, downhill tailwind. That's what it felt like the whole time. Like I'd be mm-hmm. running you know, close to four minute pace and heart rate at 130 something and just so comfortable. Mm. But for the seven and a half weeks before that, I was like getting tortured every run. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. big, big difference. I mean, um, and you, that's, that's the other thing. You previously weren't running that much right like this is when you started no, that much sort of running crazy mm. well what i would yeah a lot of case, crazy. Lot of case. It, it really is and and if you told me like say i don't know months before i went to kenya i'd be like that's ridiculous um but just being around the people that do it made it seem so easy and then when you start doing it and you really add it up with the afternoon doubles it wasn't actually that hard um mm. And one thing that I found was coming back to Australia was running on the concrete. I actually got more niggles here than when I was running 180, 85 Ks a week in Kenya because Mm. of the terrain or perhaps also it was a combination of just being forced to take it easy. Like most of my runs there were like five minute plus Ks. But the best that I got coming back was incredible. Um. So before that, I had never run anywhere more than 140K a week. I had done 140K once ever, like just scraping every single kilometer I could together. And even so much so that not even 130K weeks were regular. Like I think I had done maybe two 130K weeks. And when I was in Kenya, I put together like six 180K weeks. Jeez, it's a big jump. Yeah, that's a. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a big jump. It's a big yeah. jump. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, obviously you're not working. You're sort of getting mm. to chill out, and you, yeah. So I'm assuming that, especially adjusting, that would play a big role. I would imagine mm. allowing you to get I'm more case. Sorry, because my phone's going to die. We've been talking for so. Oh long. no, that's all right. That's all right. All good. Okay. Wish I could note down the times. Because <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna have to cut. It's like how long have we been going for? Mate, we've been on it for hours. I'm I don't know if I've got much more. <laughs> oh yeah. 
<laughs> All right, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. it. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, so, oh, shit. Oh, trying to, now it's harder with the phone charger in. But um, yeah, so kind of, um, it was a significant jump, but it was really easy. So like what I learned a lot about there is like everything's based around running and recovering from running. So things that really help that maybe the everyday person, including myself, he doesn't have access to um, because of work and everything. So for example, I'd wake up, run, then I'd have someone make breakfast for me. Then I've got access to an ice bath, which I'll go in straight after. Then if I'm not doing, you know, reading a book or something, I'm stretching or I've got a personal Kenyan masseuse and they're, they're so running specific with their massages. It's ridiculous. They, they were the best. They'd release any tension. So you've got that. Then you've got someone cooking you lunch. So you're not doing that. Then you're napping. So you're recovering, right? Then in the afternoon, you're doing a easy 10K and then you're coming back and stretching and going in the ice bath again. Then you've got someone cooking you dinner. So it's like you're doing all these things. And then if you've got niggles, like a lot of the things that I've learned from the guys is they just kind of ice their legs every, every night um, with the ice bath or whatever. And then they put a lot of like deep heat kind of danker rub on, on them before every run. So just little things like that added up and, it, it became running 180k weeks were, were easy. Mm. I've I've felt running here what, while balancing life and work and everything, running 100, 120k weeks harder than that. Yeah, yeah, which makes yeah. which makes sense. You, the sole mm. focus, the, the sole focus is running, um, and you're just yeah. definitely in that headspace. You probably don't you don't have added like stress coming at you as well. Mm. It's um, very important. Yeah, which is which is good. So, um, any like key any key things in terms of training that stick out that are done differently compared to like what you did before or what you see here? I know you mentioned sessions are like 80 percent effort. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that sticks out? Yeah. So, um, aside from the the doubles, so they're really really a lot of the guys there. And this is not just not from the Kenyan people, but this was a lot of European people, um, you know, national representatives from many countries, like I stayed with some Portuguese um, national representatives, some from um, Hungary, like just everywhere, right? All over Europe, Germany. Um, they're, they're big on, they're big on um, mileage. Um, there so we kind of spoke about that so that was a little bit different um they go 80 percent. they're big on recovery they're big on eating the right amount of food earlier on in the day and fueling well mm -hmm. um everyone there does their long run or their biggest session on saturday all right um, okay. yeah so every most people there have sunday off or if they're going to run they're going to run like 12k easy on the like, Sunday. Yeah. So they really have Sunday off and they work in 10 day cycles instead of a, a, a normal calendar week, as we would call it. So I, I haven't tried that, but I found that they got more sessions in. So for example, a lot of them will be doing a session on Monday because they had Sunday off. Mm, interesting. Or, or kind of the way it kind of fell 
through a 10-day cycle. But the biggest sessions would be on Saturdays. Most people would go to this road called Moben Road. So it's this road between Itton and Elderet. It's literally halfway, about 15 Ks. Um, and you can run there. It's net downhill, but still very hilly. I have ran there a few times, but um, it's a 21K long road each, like one way. So from the corner of Moiben, Moiben Junction, we call it, you run to Moiben, the, the town. It's 21K is just straight. So all these videos that you see on Instagram of these guys running on the roads with the the vans or the matatus, I should say, feeding them drinks. That's all done on Moiben Road. <laughs> all right, those okay. videos. Um, and I had many, many Saturday sessions there where I just hated it. It was so hard. <laughs> yeah. It was so hard. Like, you know, Andy gave me five by two K reps there or five by 10 minutes or something. And it's just, yeah. You know, I remember I had to do, he gave me a session, 15K progressive, where I progress every 5K. And we did it on Moiben Road. And, you know, it was just every time there was just, it's just so undulating. It's net downhill, but it's just so undulating, um, which was perfect because it was a perfect Boston training course. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then, so you spent... Six weeks, did you say? Seven and a bit Six, weeks. Seven yeah. and so a bit. I did, a, I did a, like, why I kind of stayed there for so long is I really liked the people, the culture, um, the food was really real. So if I was to touch on things outside of running, I went to a few safaris. Um, oh, yeah. Ticked a, you know, the bucket list items. It was really awesome. But just speaking about the running, I guess, for the, for the podcast. So the, the, the people there were really nice, really humble. Um, went to a few schools, did some charity work as well. Um, the food was really impressive. So it didn't necessarily look like Australian or Western country restaurant quality food. You know, it didn't have the little pear cut up in the side or something like that. But yes. it was actually real food. And I think that actually assisted with recovery and performance. You know, there's no... Um, there's no middleman in where they get their food. It's it's there. It's the milk's there, the eggs are there, the beef's there, the chicken's there. Mm. Um, and I remember coming back, going to Woolies and buying some chicken from from here, and I noticed multiple differences. Like one, the size of the chicken, yeah, um, which was um, you know noticeably larger here, probably because we pump it with steroids. Yeah, um, yeah. or whatnot um, but also what it kind of did to me after not eating um, food from Woolies here for a while um, yeah yeah so yeah it was really good so that's why I stayed for seven and a half weeks and just got really fit focused on Boston um, because of work long story short I couldn't make it to Boston last minute which caused me a lot of stress yeah um, and um it was because of work and it was because of my own kind of doing, I, I didn't renew my passport um, before traveling to this trip. I hadn't, as I mentioned, traveled in many, many years and my yeah. passport still had a photo of me when I was like 13 years old. So I kind of got that 10 year passport kind of thing or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. um, not 13, maybe like 17 or 20 years old, something like that. I don't know. I got the 10 year passport, looked very young on it, very different. 
Um, but when I went away to Kenya and Europe, I didn't have an issue because it was it had eight months till expiry. But when I came back now, finding a job, et cetera, time away in Kenya, I only had four months left on the passport. Mm. I've now secured a job, done the final interview because I had to be here. Um, and I've gone to book to go to Boston with a week to spare. So it was pretty good timing. And, you know, I got caught in the whole, didn't have six months on my passport. So caused a lot of stress, but that's kind of why, long story short, why I went to um, Manchester. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a bit, I was a bit disappointed because my whole training was focused on, um, I, I guess, um, Boston kind of trained in Kenya specifically for that, you know, learned the course. It was a, you know, rolling net downhill course in Boston. I personally found that I'm, especially at marathon paces, I'm quite strong at holding my goal marathon paces on, on rolling hills. I really work the downhill. Mm. Um, so I was quite excited for that. And obviously the team and the, my group was going to be there. So I was quite let down that I didn't do that. Traveling to Manchester caused me a lot of stress physically. And when I got there, I guess because I had already just recently traveled to Europe, I couldn't sleep on the plane, couldn't do anything. And my body just was so tight, so swollen. I I even reached out to Andy and was almost not going to race because I just couldn't run anymore. Mm. It was, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best um, time. And, my plan and my training and everything indicated sub 240 that that was the goal and that's what i would have done in in boston or gone for but because of this last minute thing and i literally felt crap and didn't really come to life till pretty much the night before or the last the day before um there was a 245 pacer so then we adjusted the goal and said you know what let's go out with 245 and um try tick um, to kick down and Andy kind of said to kick down at 25, but I just didn't feel it probably just more so not physically, just me being more, more of a coward move, I'd kind of say. Mm. Um, and I said to myself, I remember in the race, okay, I won't kick down at 25. I'll kick down at 32 K or 33, mm. like what I did for Canberra. And then that came and I just didn't do it again. And, I only ended up really kicking down at like 37 and felt felt better. So I ended mm-hmm. up running 244, almost flat, um, finished the race feeling pretty good, which is I'm still disappointed about it because I just didn't, I didn't give it a, I'm, I'm all about, you know, respecting the marathon, but I, I felt to my training and my ability, then I should have given it a little bit more of a crack. I was a little bit worried what I kind of learned now is the difference between, I noticed between say, and you'll notice this Dom as well, um, doing Berlin, especially Berlin. In Australia, I never really saw too many people or too many groups between say the 230 marathon or 225 marathon to 240 marathon. Whereas overseas, it's like got just as many people as the three hour pack. So I always thought like, oh, there's going to be no one to run with. Don't get stuck in no man's land, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Trust me, there's none of that in, in Manchester or London mm-hmm. um, from what I've seen. So that was a bit of a learning. I wish I kind of knew that before. 
Mm. Um, it's yeah, it's tough to mark on because you get like one shot and like mm. Mm. yeah, you don't like I don't know. It's tough. Like you want to run well, but then you're disappointed if you don't kind of go all mm-hmm. in and have a crack. Mm-hmm. So I don't know it's that a very fine line. Yeah, but it could have gone the other way. Like I think it's not a bad thing to kind of um, take it a little bit easier. Well, 244, like if you said to me a few years ago, like, I'm going to run a 244, I would say no, no way um, kind of thing. So it's good, kind of finished, um, like, with a little bit more in the tank kind of thing and um, felt good and really overtook a lot of people in the last 5K um, that went out quite hot. Um, But you're definitely right. And that was the exact strategy that um, Andy and I kind of put together. It's like... You're not feeling good. Do we risk it here and potentially land it like say 250? And mm. I'd be really disappointed if I ran that. Yeah. So 245 or sub 245 was my B goal. A goal was sub 240, um, which will come. I know I'll, I'll just put in the work again and I feel like I could definitely do it. Some yeah, people reckon, like the session I did with Pete here at Centennial like that indicates sub 240 as well. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't even do that session when I came back from really from Kenya and, and that kind of stuff. So maybe, maybe I'll, I'll get talked into GC. No, I'm just joking. I was about <laughs> to say, I'm pretty sure the entries are still open. Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a huge group of um, there is Delta runners that'll be there. And there, you is. Know, there is, there is. You got, you got your friend Chris Gat there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just Seems like it's a perfect opportunity to run sub 240, but anyway, yeah, never mind. Yeah, maybe I'll give it a crack. <laughs> <laughs> Not saying nothing. Not saying yeah. nothing. Um, Man, we've been, how long have we been talking? Yeah, this before? is a long episode. <laughs> Man, this is why I said I said at the start, I'm like, oh, I think I told you a few days. I really think we should do a part two. Part two, you, we could split it technically, but I might, I don't know, we'll see. Like, like one where do... it's like kind of the journey and then one where it's like properly about Kenya. You could, you could, I think. Like who's going to listen to this? <laughs> yeah, it's, it'll be, it'll be right. It'll be right. It's just a, it's just a very in-depth episode. There's a lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of training wisdom. Um, yeah. It's good up, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see how we go, but I think we'll probably, probably have to wrap it up. I mean, um, well, we could do it. We could do it. If you depends if you split it right. Like you could, I think at the start for like an hour and a half or two hours, I really just talked about me and the whole journey. And then we could mm-hmm. maybe come again and properly talk about Kenya. So kind of end it there. And then I talk about Kenya properly. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we go. I mean, we got, um, got a lot of detail in there. Um, mm, yeah, for sure. And it was good to good to hear about how you actually got to Kenya and a bit of logistics and stuff like mm. that, which gives people a practical understanding of it. Um, yeah. But um, any anything you want to anything else you want to mention? Um. Uh, um. Not really. Uh, I guess I could touch on a lot of things to do with um with Kenya and depends which way we kind of went there. So. Um, one thing I really liked about it as well is with the whole running thing is you can pay for a pacer there um, and it's very cheap. It was like 
five bucks Australian and they'll do the whole warm up, exactly what you tell them to do in a session and the cool down and like carry your water bottle and just, just everything. And it's so cheap and they're just such nice guys. And um, obviously I, I was just giving them more and, and tipping them and stuff, but we became good friends with a lot of them yeah. and they still message me to this day. And um, I'm talking like guys that can run like two or eight marathons um okay yeah yeah so i remember one time i did this hill session and i went to this um forest in Eton called camarini so it's camarini forest i've got some pictures on instagram where the trees are like perfectly straight i don't like it was like a it was like i was in a movie i was really amazed by the landscape in in kenya as well how beautiful it is Mm. um lots of photos about that but we did this hill session and a lot of the kenyan guys like actual Kenyan guys that live there and train there consistently go to this forest every Monday or most Mondays or Wednesdays and do a hill session. And it's just one hour continuous hills, like nonstop. And when I say hill, it's like, man, it's, it's a bloody hill. So a funny story. First, first hill session, I was speaking to the pacer and I said, tomorrow we're going to do hills eight by um, eight by three minute hills. And, you know, I had been in Eton for a bit and I'm like, you know, sussing out where I'm going to do these hills. And the pacer comes the next day and, you know, he's like, where are we going? And I'm like, oh, you know, we're going to do the warm up to here and um, then we're going to do the hills on this road and then warm up, you know, cool down from there. And he's like, looked at me all confused and he's like, oh, I thought you said you wanted to do hills. And I'm like, yeah, it's the hill there. And he's like, that's not a hill, that's a slope. Jeez. <laughs> and 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 after that, I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. Because yeah, you took sure. me to this forest and mate, I was like, I think I put a behind the scenes footage of it mm. um, on my Instagram of, of this hill session. And it was like through the forest and something about running in between these trees, you could breathe even less. I don't know, I just felt claustrophobic and I couldn't even do, I couldn't do the three minutes straight. I had to zigzag them because it was that steep um, and that much altitude. And um, it's funny because you asked me before, when did I notice um, a noticeable difference? Mm. And it was actually after that session. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> um, really woke me up. Um, yeah. So that was, that was very interesting. Um, there was another session as well, actually, where Andy got me to do 6K, 3K, 2K, 1K. So I had to do 6K threshold on the track, then into 3K threshold, mm. then into 2K, then into 1K. <laughs> um, and by the time I got to 1K, where it was only two and a half laps, that felt so easy after doing 6K on the track. Yeah. That was 15 laps. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so that was yeah. another noticeable session. Um, we did a lot of um, K repeats. Um, and again, I kind of touched on this, just sticking to the fundamental training principles. Um, I ended up like hating it. K reps were so hard. I, I Like in Kenya for me anyways, I was like dreading it. Mm. Um, because I just, I guess it was just multiple things. It was one, just knowing Oh, in sea level, I could do these K reps so much faster. And now I'm going so much slower and it hurts even more. And 
because we're regularly doing them, you naturally don't want to regress from it. So like if last week I had a really good week and I ran them in 330s, for example, like there was a lot of pressure in my head internally. I've got to run them at 330s at least this time because already 330s to me in my head, whatever it is, ego or whatever, is slow for K reps. Mm. Um, yeah, that'd be very different. I know. Yeah, so I think that's the case. You, mm. you can try and tell yourself that, um, oh, you know, I don't care about the paces, but yeah, if I'm being you honest do, with myself, do, I care. Uh, yeah. Even like two seconds off, I'm like, oh, you know, where's my fitness? So, yeah, um, that's exactly right. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you, I, as much as you like to say, it's like just detach mm. yourself from paces. That's not how that works. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting with the K reps as well. So another another thing that Andrew, Andy introduced to me was, say, for example, we had seven reps. He would tell me to push the third and the sixth, which I never did before in my training. So he'd, mm. he'd want third and sixth rep hard like harder. So all of them were hard, yeah. but the third and the sixth, I really had to push, which is like, you kind of save it for the end. Like before I'd be like, oh, I'm going to push the last one, everything you got, yeah. but it's push the sixth one and then do another one. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, that's good. I remember you told me about that one. It kind of, kind of makes sense. K reps could mm. always be, can be dangerous, especially if you go the first two like mm. out too hard, but it also yeah. depends on the, the rest as yeah. well. Um, yeah for sure but yeah i think i mean um, yeah we um we covered a, we covered a lot in this episode i think mate so much you're gonna <laughs> this... have to cut it people are gonna get bored it's all good it's all good um yeah, some pretty good content in there though yeah there's some good content i think um i think we'll probably just wrap it there to be honest like um I'll actually mention one more thing. So shoe choice. Oh, yeah. So um, I really got using the Adios Pro 3s. Oh, you've, yeah, you've, I've heard you talk up this shoe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, so I guess briefly, over time, due to changing running style, technique, weight, you know, strength in the legs, et cetera, fitness, um, I found that naturally my body gravitates to various shoes in easy shoes and also um, in racing shoes. Um, and when I went to Kenya, because I hadn't planned to, I brought three pairs of two pairs of running shoes. That's it. So that was one of my biggest regrets. So I didn't have the Adios Pro 3s, but a lot of the guys there had them. Um, and um, funny enough, but by the way, so in Eton, you could buy all this top of the line running gear, shoes, everything from the store. So a lot of the athletes, they're so generous. They're, they're sponsored athletes. They'll get, I think they'll get like all these extra shoes and then they'll give them to local shop owners and the shop owners would sell um, to tourists like myself or whatever, right? right so I ended right. up buying like some stuff there. You could buy some really cool stuff um, there. Um, you know, running gear, kits, pants, tights, shirts, shoes. Like there was like five stores in Eton in a row almost that sold everything. What were the prices like? Really cheap. Like, for example, I bought the, um, oh, what are the, um, 
the Adidas shoe, I've just forgotten. The the one that are illegal, they're stack height. Um, I forgot oh, yeah, what they like are. Prime or something? Yeah, the, yeah, the Prime X. So I bought the Prime X. They're like retail for like $420 on the Adidas website. And I ended up buying them for $150 Australian. Brand new, in the box, like never used kind of thing. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so prices are pretty good and you can haggle with them. You just haggle like all the prices. And I'd go in there like literally when I wanted, when I was bored and just buy shoes or something. <laughs> yeah, but right. I really use the Adidas, Adidas Adios Pro 2s because I had them there and I brought them there. Um, so for a lot of sessions, I found I, my, my style really suited them and they felt really good with the energy rods instead of the, the carbon plate. Oh, and then when I came like back, the, I. That's the um the marathon shoes. There's not the, there's like one below that as well. Yeah. Um, they got really similar names. I always get confused between them. Me too. Yeah. So it's, I think it's the marathon shoe. It's it's the definitely the one that you see in the podiums, like. Oh up yeah. There. yeah. Um, and then I came back and I I got onto the um, Adios Pro Three. So I had a pair before I went to Kenya. Really like them. Um, but then after Kenya, I, like my body really, really felt good in them. Um, and I decided to actually step away from Nike and race Manchester in the Adios Pro 3s. So I bought a brand new pair. I didn't even try it on. I didn't test them or run them in or whatever. I just wore them because I knew the size is the same. I've already trained in them. Like I know how they're going to feel. I just wanted them fresh. It was a nice white pair. Um, and um, raced in those, and they felt really good. Um, if I was to give my honest opinion, they felt better when I put more force into them. So when I kicked down at the end, they felt a lot better, and I felt like I was getting more return out of them. Mm. Um, I still think um, the Alpha Fly Ones are probably the greatest marathon shoe of all time and i see so many studies about them and i i particularly noticed that a lot of guys pick the ones over the twos to race in even though the twos are so readily available um especially in in the uk heaps of ones barely any twos um and i know for a fact like some of these guys that i was noticing they have the twos so it's not like they don't have them or anything like that. They're purposely yeah. choosing to race in the ones. Um, and I found the ones a lot more, I guess, energy efficient in the back end of a marathon. So not even, not even the Adios pro threes were that good for me on the back end. Mm. Um, uh, heaps of people love the ones. I mean, I wish I could get more of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, pr I probably could, but I don't want to pay like 380 bucks for mm, the ones. Yeah, I know Tobias, absolutely raves about the ones um they're really good i'm yeah. a big fan i think yeah. they're the best marathon shoe to ever exist but oh, who, what would i know <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I felt like i was overstriding in them like um mm. yeah like i feel like it kind of changed my rhythm a bit too much almost mm. what do you prefer but, dom well i don't know um probably just yeah the the vapor flies, I guess. Yeah. So on, but, on the vapor flies as well, that would the the ones and twos is what I kind of started running in. And it was like, you know, a big deal to have them. And 
um, I just couldn't, they just got me so injured, probably because of my running style. And again, it's suited to everyone's kind of running style and do what's best for you. But for me, the twos, like every time I put them on, I'd get very bad, aggressive knee pain every mm. single time. And I wanted to love them. I've got two brand new pairs, barely use them because of this reason. They look so good. They initially feel good, but they just screw up my legs or my knees. Um, but I took a gamble with the threes because I noticed there was visibly a bit more cushion, I guess, or support. And I am absolutely loving threes, no issue. Big fan of them. We're doing the session tomorrow in them. The vapor yeah. threes you're talking about, sorry. Yeah, the vapor no, fly. Uh, yeah, I oh, talked right. about those. I absolutely love that shoe. Yeah, mm. I don't. Well, the, no, I don't. Well, the Alpha Fly Three is not out. Mm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Mate, man. Oh, it's like six thirty now. When we start three thirty. Yeah. Um, Oh, you know what? This might be the day that I actually miss my my afternoon double, mate. You can put nah, that down on record. You can't. We can't be the. We. It's too. It wouldn't I'm make sense for us to be now the reason. From all this talking. <laughs> no, nah, really. Thank you, um, Dom. You, you got anything? Dom's just like feeling. <laughs> Good to catch mate, up. I miss you, Dom. When you mate, I back, miss you, mate, Dom. When are you coming back? Yeah. Uh, in October, still a while. Like. <laughs> oh my god! Do you want me to go to Sydney Airport and just check in on your job? <laughs> yeah. Should I be like, wait, where's Dom's desk? <laughs> Better still be there. No, um, pretend you're Dom. Yeah, that's what I try to do running, but it doesn't work. But anyway, no. <laughs> be this man alive. Be this man alive, mate. Oh no, not at the moment. <laughs> oh come on. Oh, Mate, dear. what about like I have to bring it up? It still amazes me when he did that Wings for Life challenge. Oh and, yeah, yeah, it was GPS. But he runs a two forty marathon in like an eighty k run, wins the Wind for Life challenge thing. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Um, that was, I yeah. came to watch that. I didn't even know about it, and I like ended up going home at like nine ten p.m. I'm like, <laughs> through this, I'm not watching him run another fifty k's. <laughs> Cold yeah, and rainy. Yeah. yeah, but what about Sotar? He um, just did this. Oh, yeah. Just it. Mm. That was wild. Yeah, yeah, he's running well. Yeah, yeah for sure. He had, um, that was crazy. When you were talking about form earlier, he had a really good video about um, running form. Yeah. And um, there was something he said that I was like, oh, that's kind of rung true with what he was saying in one of his tips, I think, um, about like arm carry. He was saying yeah. like how your arms, like keeping them close to your chest mm. is a bit easier. Um, and I thought, yeah, that was really interesting. But yeah, I, I learned that actually in Kenya. Um, mm. So kind of like over the times, just running with these guys, like I do afternoon doubles with Paul Chalimo, right? And it's like, go just Google the guy. Like, look, he's, he's got like almost perfect running form, right? Yeah. And and naturally, like similar to cadence, when you want to improve your cadence, just run next to a high cadence runner and you naturally just your cadence kind of increases um similar to that just running with these guys my my whole upper body and arm swing and just position of arms change so i kind of i don't know keep them more in like a an uppercut position 
instead of like so wide as what it used to be. And I think someone said to me the other day, they're like, running fast is all about how calm, how long you can stay calm for. Mm. So it's all about energy efficiency, in my opinion. These guys are whacking, you know, sub three minute Ks for half marathons and marathons even because they're just so energy efficient and so and, and as well very biomechanically built for running in my opinion but they're just mm. so energy efficient mm. yeah they just get the most um return um they're ticking over nicely mm. yeah the other thing Sotal is saying was like um the lateral movement like if you're doing uppercuts mm. um it, it doesn't really matter like what your forearms are doing it's only mm. what your um like bicep to your shoulder as long as that's going back and forward mm. um your legs should be mm. fine and everything else should be mm. fine so mm. having like a little bit of lateral movement and keeping your arms closer is probably the way to go um which yeah. i thought that was really interesting yeah so but, it yeah. kind of helped with my vertical oscillation um mm. so i wasn't like force was kind of going forward instead of using energy to go up and down it's kind mm. of like moving forward yeah interesting but um anyways <laughs> like, yes, wrapping up. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, boys. Come on. Let's wrap it up. Have the bell. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, gosh. Probably the longest. Love, um... You could put this down as the longest episode in history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks so much for coming on, Arthur. Yeah, mate. Thank That's you. All right, mate. Thanks. Um, great episode and good to catch up. I'm sure uh, I'm sure we'll see you at Gold Coast. Uh, kidding. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now no, you will see it. me there but i'll be i'll see you there half. yeah yeah for sure you know after all this and chat and marathon talk i'm like oh, i've never had the inkling to do the marathon but kind of i don't know dom dom has a habit of kind of somehow motivating me to do things with running <laughs> dom that's your cue we were like come on come on <laughs> come on <laughs> come on Arthur. you can do it come to berlin come to come berlin, to, come I'd, to berlin. I'd, I'd love to when is it yeah september 24th oh you want my entry or what yeah there you, you go. have an entry huh yeah i got entry i'm just not the gonna berlin. go berlin yeah no you don't i do 100 percent. if you do have it i'll i'll genuinely consider it if you can yeah i do it. i i have it we'll, we'll chat after actually you, yeah you've got the qualifier and everything so i got the qualifier you have a chance. oh and Maybe. so does arthur yeah yeah we might be able to work something out. I would I would consider doing that. Yeah, that'd be being that'd serious. Be, because yeah. my next A race was was gonna be September. So I'm gonna be training hard for that anyways. I'd love to do Berlin. That would that'd be crazy. Anyways, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Well yeah. yeah. I mean anyways. It's all good. So it's, it's good to get ahead of you. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Mate, all I'm right. gonna go easy double and all right. I need to shake this day off and thanks, <laughs> thanks again. Four hour talk. I'll stop recording. Yeah. <laughs>